Good morning, good morning, good morning. You and me on the radio. I want to say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, healthcare employees, and good old number 41. Uh, ran out of breath there for a second. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Auntie Donna has arrived. Good morning, Miss Sprague. Good morning. Look at you. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is, is that a sundress? I'm ready for snow. I know, but you've got the sundress and the boots. Like, I not really. If, I don't know if you can see really well. Uh, I can't what? I think maybe you can't see very well. Oh, no, I see fine. No. I can see the boots. <laughs> Get your boots on, baby. <laughs> you and me on the radio, I say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, health care employees, and good old number 41. And do it again with breath. <laughs> 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 all right. Lots going on today. Lots going on. We have to, uh, let me see if I have um, my ad libs over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the farmer's market, last day for farmer's market. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you are in the farmer's market, you want to um, get over, or, or you go to the farmer's market, you want to get there today, last day to 1 o'clock farmer's market. And I heard something about Heather stepping down. Yeah, you said that. But I don't know what that is. We'll have to find out. Uh, farmer's mm -hmm. market today to 1 o'clock. Now, th also this morning, Kelly Fox uh, for Christmas is for Kids is uh, got a toy drive going on. We're going to find out about that. But at 10 o'clock this morning, Dr. Mike Fine will be on. We're going to talk a little bit about the pandemic and what he's doing with that. Oh, and that also, be good. Al yeah, also he's, he's uh, got a novel out, and, uh, and he's got an um, audio book, a couple of things going on. So mm. we'll speak with him at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, the boss is coming in. Uh-oh. Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim's coming he's in. He's not the boss. He keeps saying he's he not the boss. He keeps saying he's not the boss, but you know. Shouldn't he know? He doesn't want the responsibility <laughs> of me because he says uh, on the air, he's, I'm not your boss, so we can't, uh, you know, okay. so he can't be, uh, be charged. <laughs> so let me see if I can do this. is going to be good now. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to give my friend Kelly a call. Oh. oh, wait a minute. Maybe I have something. Hi, you're on the radio. Hello, Dave. Hey, Peter Wiggins, how are you? Doing good, Dave, doing good. What's happening? What do you got coming up? Today, I'm going to be covering the Norton Winters Girls Soccer Game against the Hogan Hillers at 12 noon on, at the Norton High School. Now, now, when you do this, are you, do, you, you videotape it uh, or you record it. Do you speak? Do you narrate it as you're doing it? Yep, I narrate it. That's right. Oh, mm. to all the details and everything? Cool. That's good. Okay, now when, tell me again. When When's the game? 12 noon at uh, Norton High School. Norton High School, Adams 12 Field. noon. At Adams Field. All right, good. Anything else you got for us today? And and um, Sunday, October 25th at 4 p.m. at the Norton Common, it's going to be a vigil for the justice for Julie and friends and family of Julie Need a local woman who was really stabbed to death in front of her children almost five years ago. We'll be holding a vigil this Sunday to seek a justice for Julian Ember victims of domestic violence and vigil set for 4 p.m. on Sunday at the Norton Common. That's tomorrow, right? Yep, yep, right. Tomorrow. the 25th, right. All right, you'll be covering that too, right, Peter? Yes, right, and before that, Norton Lenses Boys Talk is going to game at meantime at the high school against Hoffman and Hillers. Well, you're going to be a busy weekend, Peter. It's terrific. Thanks a lot for letting us know what's going on. That's right, and also... Monday will be the Norton Permanent Building Committee at 5.30 p.m. And then uh, Tuesday, October 27th, Norton has an affordable we'll have a meeting at 4. And then Water Sewer Commission meeting at 5.30. And then Planning Board meeting at 7.15 p.m. 
All right, terrific. I'm checking that off. Oh, there, 715. I don't want to miss that one. All right, great, Peter. Thanks a lot. Welcome, welcome, Dave. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right, buddy. There goes Peter J. Wiggins. He's the unofficial mayor, or the honorary mayor of Taunton, of uh, Norton. Yeah. He did. I, I, uh, I'm amazed at the the spring in his voice, and he knows all these things. He's, yeah, well, he's really, well, he's really uh, dedicated yeah. to this whole thing, you know, where... Mm-hmm. Where he's covering the uh, the town and making sure things go well and everybody knows what's happening. Yeah, I think it's a great thing he's doing. And while I said all of that, I was punching the numbers for Kelly. There you go. Kelly Fox has got a toy drive going on uh, for Christmases for kids, and um, it's Manmar Plaza, uh, 30 Manmar Drive in Plainville. And Kelly will be answering, I hope, we're answering this phone call. We'll see. And uh, they started right now, 9 o'clock. They started this morning. And there she is. Definitely. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Dave Kane. We're on the radio. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, good. I, I noticed that you had another uh, event for Christmases for Kids, and you planned it so I couldn't be there. I know. We look for Saturdays 9 to 12. We're like, Dave can't yeah. be here. Let's do it now. Yeah, that's what they do. They got, and today, one of the many that they have, by the way, uh, what, what are you doing today? What's happening? Today we're doing a toy drive at 30 Myanmar Drive in Plainville. So we're asking anybody and everybody who'd like to grab a toy and bring it over to help support Christmases for kids. Yeah. Now it's, go ahead. Contactless, drop and drive. Yeah, you just drive in, and they'll either take it out of your trunk, or you can yep. they'll open and do yep. whatever. Yeah, it's very drop and drive. Yep, yep. going to be a right. bunch of people out there. Now, I just want to point out, of course, that Christmas is for kids for years has had a whole way of doing things where we ask kids what they want and get them try to get them as close as we can to something specific. But because of the pandemic. Uh, everything has to change in a lot of ways, at least for this year. And so the way we're trying to fulfill these these wishes and help these kids is with toy drives like this uh, at Kelly Fox's office at 30 Manmar Drive. It's Porsche. What is it? Porsche what? Porsche Planning and Wealth Management is the name of my company. See, I don't have to know that because I don't have any wealth. So, you know, yeah. I don't need that. You know Sad. what I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> the only Porsche I could manage is uh, Ellen DeGeneres' girlfriend. With, uh, <laughs> a wife, no. excuse me, a wife, yeah. Uh, no, so, no, come so, on, this is Porsche as in the Merchant of Venice Porsche. Come on. Oh, that Get one. a little literary. Here. Yeah, 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 the la- yeah, yeah, lady with the gondola. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so, Kelly Fox is you out there. can't win, Kelly. <laughs> With a whole bunch of people from Christmases for Kids, uh, all the usual suspects will be there, except for me, because they picked this time. Now, they'll get, you're going to be there till noon, right? Yes. Yep. And, and what what can I bring, though? What can somebody bring? What can they, like what? Any any toy for, for infants to teenagers, so um, any kind of a soccer ball or football, basketball, um, mm. hula hoops, yeah. um, dolls, trucks. Yeah. Something I new now. We, we need to know this That's is new. Yes. Brand yes. new. Okay, not Brand used. Uh, That's correct. And, and other than that, we'd love to see you. 9 to noon, 30 Manmar Drive in Plainville. It's behind the um, Honeydew Donuts up there. Yep, go down. It's the street between Honeydew and Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Perfect um, for you. Perfect for you and Alan. 
<laughs> yeah, look yeah, look right there at the Dunkin' Donuts. That's cool. Uh, and so right down the street, and uh, and uh, you'll see you'll see people there. I mean, you'll you'll see people hanging around, and and, and you can just pull right in, real easy, and drop it off. Great, yep. great. I'll be talking about it this morning. If you feel I like you want to call in uh, and give us an update or anything, you just let us know. Okay. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There goes Kelly Fox and uh, doing another uh, fine job for Christmases for kids. I don't know. And she, too, has that magic in her voice. When you're doing stuff for other people, like like your friend who called earlier, Yeah. you just yeah, yeah. you just have that happening in your voice. Yeah. Well, if you're doing something you really like and you think you're getting something, uh, you know, you, you think you're uh, uh, accomplishing something mm-hmm. uh, for the good of whomever. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. That's really important. And yeah. that's why uh, that's why I guess people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't have that sound in my voice because I haven't accomplished anything worthwhile in 50 years. But <laughs> other than that. Uh, and speaking of uh, not accomplishing much of anything oh, in the last 50 years, um, <coughs> Councilor Todd Kobus has arrived in the studio. Good morning, Mr. Kobus. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Donna. Good How morning. are you guys today? I'm good. You've accomplished a big thing of finding these wonderful shirts. I love <laughs> this guy. He's like a fashion plate here. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, she really would. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, every no, time I, he's on, he's got a new shirt. You can her, tell that her, it's... Her son just had a birthday. Maybe you could give him one of a couple of your old shirts. And, and <laughs> I don't know. He's 6'8", yeah. and his arms oh, are long. 6'8". Yeah, 6'8". That's all as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, she compliments your shirts, but I know Donna, she's been trying to get your pants off for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's happening, Counselor? Corbis, um, what's up? There's, there's actually a lot going on. Oh, so it's a uh, finally got something time. to tell yeah, us. Yeah, a little bit. What is it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, for, first and foremost, today's the last day of the farmers market. Yes. Um, yes. And also, I believe Heather Parika has announced that she's stepping down as the the, the chairperson of uh-huh. the. Is she going to stay with the organization, or is she? Uh, uh, I that a break? I, that I don't know, but I. <clears throat> Today's the, the last day, so after after this, my intent is to head over to the farmer's market and, and congratulate Heather yeah. and Let me just check my uh, my phone messages because uh, I don't see anything here where she said she was going to let us know what was going to happen because God knows. <laughs> <coughs> no, okay. but I, I, I'd love to encourage people to, to head over to the farmer's market and thank Heather for, for what she's done with the, the farmer's market. It's, it's really, it's really incredible. Um, the community event that, that, that that's become. Yeah. And even, even this year with, with COVID and all that, it's the fact that it still happened this year is, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it really is. And, and the, the, I was thinking about this driving in this morning because, um, when you go now, I mean, it's nice. They've done a nice job, da, da, da. but before COVID hit, that was place was astounding, yeah. and the musicians, and yep. the music, and the people, and the kids running around, and 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 you know, people eating and, and dogs. Didn't they have dogs back yeah. then? Too? It was a real community yeah, event yeah, that, yeah, on leash. Yeah, leash. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but and like the community came out. It was good to like. I would show up and talk to a bunch really, of people really and, cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And so yeah. it is an. The, they understandably can't do as much of that this year, but uh, no, but they've done a back. great job anyway. Yeah. They've done a terrific job, and, and I think it's just tremendous. Yeah. So, and, but go, I go over I, there I'm, and thank Heather for for that today and say hi. And well, I'd like to get her in here and 
talk on the air, but not today. But I mean, I'd like to have a come well, on and talk think, a little bit about. Think of what the Parika family has has done for this community over the last I don't know how many years they've been doing the oh, farmers been market. Very involved, yep. Well, and, yep. And the and kids too. And every uh, Saturday and, morning and, um, and all Eddie, summer. And Eddie, of course. Um, yep. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the the level of dedication and commitment to make that farmers market what it is today is is remarkable. And that's not the only thing. You know, Heather used to be a, a, a something I would never do. She was a school bus driver. Mm-hmm. I would never co- even consider getting on the bus. Never mind getting in behind the wheel. Yeah, it is so dangerous and so mm-hmm. the responsibility is unreal. And she did it every day and loved the kids, mm-hmm. loved the kids. And so she's doing a great job. So I realized she's stepping down, but I didn't know if she was still going to be involved or take a break. In, How about Eddie? Is Eddie know. staying around here? I, I don't you know. You know, don't come yeah. in here and start something you can't <laughs> back up. All right? I, I mean, was just there, there's going to be more than one question here. There's going to be more. You're going to get interrogated. All right. <clears throat> now, so Never anyway, again. we do. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get her to come in. But uh, maybe I can get her to come in and not bring me something. Every time she came. She would always. She brings something. She will mm-hmm. again, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I told her the last time, don't, and she didn't. I really? said, don't. Yeah, oh, don't, wow. don't bring me in. Hmm. So anyway, that's great. And I, I, we got to get around and talk about her, mm-hmm. maybe her future plans. Donna thought she might run again. I thought, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said know. to Donna, you don't, if you run something like that and you don't make it, you learn your lesson or unless the, the, the guy you ran against suddenly steps in something and you get to say, I told you so, you don't right. run again, right? Is that right? That's, that's my <laughs> understanding, yes. So, Councilor Cobus, I'm trying, you know, yeah. I keep calling him Councilor Cobus. You do. I'm trying, I, I I'm prefer trying to the show Honorable the respect. Councilor Cobus. Excuse me, I'm sorry. sorry. The Honorable Councilor Cobus. <laughs> I'm trying to show him respect so when he says whatever he's going to say now, people are actually saying, well, maybe he knows. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening on, on the city council? So the, the next thing that we have uh, that, that we'll be discussing on Tuesday is the tax shift. And this is every year we have to come up with a number for for how we want to shift taxes between residential and commercial mm. entities. Yeah, okay. And so... That that should be an interesting debate on on I'll Tuesday. Yeah, uh, and should be easy because there is no um, commercial anymore. Everybody's closed. Well, exactly. That's that's the big issue now. The numbers that we see for this tax shift tend to be trailing by by a little over a year. What numbers? Income. It, uh, income expand- numbers. It, yeah. Um, so the. The commercial, the the total number of entities, and, and all of those those values that play into determining what the levy amount is, is is about a year old. So mm-hmm. so we'll be looking at that. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to start there. Hello, you're on the air. Is this Dave Kane? Oh, it's Andy Field. Hi, Andy. Andy. This is Todd Gomez. Oh, oh. Oh, you know, you know, even though I'm not in your neighborhood, I do enjoy listening to your program. Oh. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Hmm. W- what's happening? Nothing. It's very quiet here in Washington. It was a pretty quiet week. Nothing nothing of import. So I thought I'd uh, check up on what's happening in Rhode Island. Well, okay. Well, well uh, Rhode Island and, and, and uh, of course, Massachusetts <laughs> here where we are, too. 
Um, and uh, and uh, uh, Todd Kobus, the uh, counselor, is on, and uh, he's uh, telling us what's happening locally. Can I can I call you back, or can you call me back? And you can, of course, you can. And Tom, I'm sorry to interrupt your time. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> all right, Andy, we'll call you back. Thanks. All right, take care, guys. Okay, oh, Andy. Excellent. Field from but nothing's been happening for Andy. You know what Andy does, well, he went, Todd? No, I don't. Oh, Andy is uh, with ABC News, Washington, and he's, oh, yeah, uh, he's, he covers the president. And he's he's with in the, the thick of it. Yeah, he really is. But nothing happened. And uh, <laughs> no, well, the thing is, they they he wouldn't go to the uh, he wouldn't go to cover the, the Super Soaker event. Oh, okay. Tell that Todd that story about Super Soaker event. Oh, when he was <laughs> announcing it, he called it a Super Soaker event. Yeah. The, ne- the next rally that was coming up. Event. Oh, the. I, but it was funny because Donna came in the studio. I was talking to him off the air. And I said, so are you going to the Super Soaker event? You know, and then we laughed. And then he went on <laughs> national radio and to said. To do his report. Now of the Super Soaker <laughs> event. <laughs> He's so, great. Oh, Andy is amazing. great. Yeah, really cool. Uh, I'm sorry. So so go ahead. Um, we're talking about the tax thing with, with, with the shift. Yes, the, the, the tax shift. So the numbers are a little bit old. So. The, the de- decrease that we've seen as a result of COVID for commercial isn't, isn't reflected in the numbers we've seen yet. So next year, we should also see, see those numbers, and that'll, that'll be a fairly big hit uh, or a, a big decrease in, in the numbers. Um, but what we've seen over the last, uh, in these numbers, is that the residential growth has been has far outpaced commercial, and, and actually, mm. over the last three years, commercial growth has been yeah. I- incredibly low. Yeah, um, and that's that's what we're looking at. And so, what we the policy that that I've tried to adopt is to to look at the total amount the levy's increasing by, and then look at the average average residence tax bill. And if the levy increases by 2.5%, then the average residence tax bill should increase by roughly 2.5%. So just to keep those in line and, and sort of plan for consistency and not worry about where the tax shift number is, I'll let that number sort of float left and right and shift more on residence, more on commercial. But if 80% of our levy is paid by residents, so we have roughly an 80-20 split. Um, 80% of our rev- tax revenue comes in from residents, 20% from commercial. So if 80% of our income is coming from residents, I want to opt, my intent is to optimize for the residents so that their tax bill is relatively consistent. And so if the levy increases by 3% this year, then you can expect your tax bill to go up by 3%. It, it, and I think that's the most fair thing to do in general. Um, the problem with this year is the levy amount, or the total amount that we need coming in has increased by roughly 5%. Mm. And the, the reason for that is, is there's the normal levy amount and then this is the we have a, a big increase for the debt exclusion for the high school. Um, mm. So, th- so this is the first year that that that's that's really coming on, and this is probably the the, the highest year, and it, it will stay flat for a, a couple of years and then start to go down. Mm-hmm. But this is mm-hmm. this is going to be a tough year, and then I mean, 
2020 is what it is and you know add covid into the mix of all that um it's fairly difficult so my my intent is to try to try to minimize the the increase to the the residents a, a little bit but also recognize that that, that commercial entities are struggling in, in, incredibly with COVID and all of that and the, the restrictions that, that have been put on them for COVID. So um, my goal is to continue to follow the policy and the levy increased by 5%, residential tax bills will likely go up by roughly 5%. So is that pretty much how it's been all these years? Nobody's taken into consideration how the residents are, have no money because they've lost their jobs or whatever? Does, would that have anything to do with it? Well, so it's good to have sort of a a policy and follow that policy because it, it, as soon as we try to take into account those things, which, which are a hundred percent valid, but it's very subjective. And then so the you could say, oh, the residents they they need X, Y, and Z, and then the the other the commercial entities come in and say, oh, we've been hit hard, and this isn't fair for us, and and back and forth, and so. My my intent has been to optimize for a a very objective goal of keeping the residential tax rate tax increases aligned with what the levy is increasing by, hmm. and this takes into account what this does is residential home values tend to fluctuate quite a bit or or fluctuate a lot more than commercial values yeah, yeah. Uh, be, yeah. based on the housing market and this that and the other, mm-hmm. and so this flattens out some of those sharp increases and decreases associated with mm-hmm. housing prices increasing and decreasing um, so that's 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 been my intent I, I believe that's the the fairest and most objective way to, to go about this tax shift because it is a very so something that there's strong feelings on on both sides where people think oh you you can't you can't hurt commercial entities, and and I respect that argument quite a bit because the the best way to help residents reduce their tax bill is to grow our commercial base, um, but but I also recognize that it, this has been a really hard year for residents. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's a for tough everybody. Decision. It's really yeah. hard, hard for everybody, isn't it? Yep. I mean, the whole thing is really tough for everybody, and and uh, trying to. It's like trying to split the baby, huh? Really, right? It's it, so just having a very consistent policy. I, I think is is, is the best shocking. plan. Yeah, it, it's a little less shocking. It's mm-hmm. consistent year over year, um, and, and this is this is one of the things that I argued for the the first year I was in, and it, and we've consistently aimed towards that that policy target mm-hmm. every year. And hopefully we'll do so again this year. I'm not sure how that's all going mm. to play out, but that'll mm. that'll happen on Tuesday. Now, um, is there something else you're going to be voting on soon? <clears throat> um, no. Have you got the nip bottle thing coming up? We <laughs> yes, we have the mayor's green new deal. Um, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to vote on that. Um, in, in some of those, I'll I'll be in favor of some. Some I won't. I. My, I'll still listen to discussions from um, fellow counselors, but right now my general feeling is that I won't be supportive of the water bottle ban. Yeah. 
but I'm leaning towards being in favor of banning nip mm. bottles. What's the water bottle ban? What is that? I'm not sure. So, so plastic water bottles would yep. be would not be allowed to be sold in the city of Attleboro. Oh, really? Hmm. Yep. So there's so bring there's your own, right? Nine <laughs> items that are are listed as part of the mayor's Green New Deal. Yeah. One of them's banning nip bottles. Another one's banning water bottles. Um, another one is banning um, plastic cartons from from restaurants, takeout cartons, and styrofoam. And styrofoam or yeah. plastic? Both. So, so there's two <coughs> items: one for yeah. styrofoam, one for for plastic. Um, in my in my opinion, I I respect what the mayor is trying to do with that, it, it, and appreciate the the whole you know saving the the environment piece. I don't think that this is the time to be doing. Well, that's that what I was going to. That's what I was going to say about the struggling. whole the whole thing. I think this whole deal. I, I absolutely support the, the, the timing. Very much off. It's a horrible timing. Yep. And I mean, it's like, oh, and by the way, don't forget, you know. And I want you to change your <clears throat> your earrings too while you're at it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just really, uh, just not. I mean, I, that's what I was going to suggest to you about the nip bottles, uh, because that alone. But then the other side, all of this stuff, you know. You know, I'm trying not to jump ugly with this guy again, but, right, but right. here's the problem I have. The problem I have is that he talks like like Attleboro is a state instead of a city. Right. A lot and, of these should be done at the state level. All 100% of these, agree. all of these things yep. need to be because you need. We're going back to restaurants <clears throat> now and 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 um, liquor stores and all of these people convenience and stores, uh, uh, convenience stores, so, all these people, uh, and to, to to jump ugly on them now. While they, the, they're going through so much. The timing and the optics are, not just the optics, the, the, the timing and the empathy towards, towards these ent- entities. Well, is, you didn't seem to know when, they, when you might end up voting for it. Isn't that possibility of, of postponing it anyway uh, by, by vote to say, look, we're going to table this there is, until we but, can go out of our house without. But we've had a public hearing, <coughs> and I, I'm not sure with the uh, ordinance changes, but I believe there's a 90-day window from when the public hearing's closed to when we're required to vote on it. Well, you can vote on it. You can, you can vote on it and put it, vote it down uh, with an option to say we'll do it later. You know, maybe we'll sure. reconsider yep. it or do a reconsideration vote or something. I mean, this is, this is the problem I have with this. You know, I think mm-hmm. you know, I'm fully in favor of all of the green stuff, and I think it's great. Uh, but I think, like any other fanatical movement, and I say I say that with respect, you know, it's got to be done now, and this is important, and the baby's going to die, and blah, 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 you know, and and we need to say, hold on, we do want to get to this, you know, and it's like saying, you know, well, the piano's out of tune, we'll paint it Thursday. Wasn't there wasn't there an advertisement in the '80s, something about buy something or the puppy gets it? Oh Remember yeah. That? yeah. <laughs> What was yeah. it? What was I don't that advertisement? What it was. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But so, sorry. Uh, take a break. We'll be back. All righty. You and me on the radio till noontime. With me is uh, the Honorable Counselor <laughs> Todd Cobus. Thank you. Uh, who is uh, it's in his contract. It says <laughs> on line 17, it says, must be introduced as the Honorable. Ridiculous. <laughs> Um, Where I, well, I was expecting a bowl of M and M's without yeah, the, just uh, the, the green ones. The yeah, green just ones. The green yeah. M&M, yeah, yeah. We had it, um, <laughs> but I ate them. 
<laughs> that's good. That's fine. Yeah. So what what else we got coming up that we should know about council wise? So we we talked about the the farmers market. We talked about the 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 mayor's green new deal. Um, we talked about the tax shift. Excuse me. Let me before we jump off. Um, are there any votes there? Do you think in council to postpone this or to vote it down and with a with an addendum to reconsider to make everybody happy or not? Do you I, don't yeah. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know what the urgency is. I don't know what the urgency is right now. And for me, I I haven't had a lot of conversations with other counselors as far as you know which ones are you going to vote for. My intent was to go through the the nine items and vote my conscience yeah, conscience yeah, yeah. on each of each of those nine items and if they pass or fail well that's fine. This but 90 day where you have to vote could a reconsideration vote be put in in lieu of an actual up or down? And we I would say, what kind of vote table on it? it for six months or something? Yeah, like that. yeah. I I move that yeah. this vote you know be moved. That I, so I mean you're voting on it. I don't know if that's kosher, but you're voting on it. So there well, is a vote within ninety days. And I don't know what the the rules are, rules are with wrong, w- yeah. with regards to that. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up and try to understand it better. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's certainly a possibility, and it's something that we just did last week. With we we voted, or we were going to vote yeah. on the the trash, the the mayor's ordinance changes for yeah. with regards to trash and the the new blue bins and all that stuff. So that was finally before us, and um, we were going to vote on it on Tuesday night. And I had a, a number of amendments to make, and, and those amendments, the three amendments I made all passed and that was so based on conversations with a number of people um i made an amendment to change the fees Mm -hmm. that the mayor had wanted he had wanted fees of an increasing amount of 100 dollars for the first offense 200 dollars for the second 300 400 and then after the fourth offense you are potentially kicked out of the trash program in the city Mm. um what what's funny so that that was that was the ordinance as as proposed. Um, so I just put my p- trash on the on in front of my house, and you guys let it pile up. That'd be fine. I mean, or or you know, I mean, I'm going to start driving around throwing stuff into people's dumpsters. That was a monk of, uh, series. One of the programs, was it? the monk. Oh, what? Yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was chasing so, trash trucks. Oh, yeah. So that that was how it was proposed, and so my. My thought was to to change that back to the existing fees, which yeah, are yeah. $25 for the first offense, increasing by $25 for each yeah. offense after that until it gets to your eighth offense, which is, and then the fee is $200, and then $200 for subsequent offenses after that. So we got rid of the, the fees like that. And this is like doing what? Leaving a can and a, what is it? So A tin can and, and the papers? Or, or if you leave your trash barrel out overnight, like you, you're supposed to, you put it out in the morning before 7.30 and then bring it back in that night. And if you leave it out overnight, which I've been known to after, do. After the trash pickup, you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. You could be fine for now, that. Now, what, it, what, what exactly, what does that accomplish? What do you mean? What does it accomplish? <clears throat> I mean, I mean, make being sure able to find people. You no. no, no, no. <laughs> What are you What are you doing for your city to make sure that the guy on 
Elm Street brings his trash bin in well before midnight on uh, on trash. Day. There, there's a number of regulations, and so the the within the the trash ordinance. So the the fee just says if you violate anything within this ordinance, including, you know, when you take your trash out, when you when you put it out, um, there was a require there's a requirement in there to say everybody in the city of Attleboro is required to recycle. So re- recycling was mandatory in the city of Attleboro, um, but then the recycling rules were always sort of a gray area and, and the mayor was, was always, if in doubt, throw it out. And, you know, um, because we were having trouble with all the, the, the trash being found in the, our recycling bins. Mm-hmm. So if in doubt, throw it out. But the, technically, according to our laws, if we find a, a, a can in your you know yeah, regular yeah, rubbish, yeah. you could be assessed a fine. And then in the the new ordinance change, it was like, oh, now that fine is a hundred dollars yeah, yeah. for the first offense, yeah. which you know in reality, I don't think that's people haven't been fined for that. But it's you know the letter of the law. We want to make well, that how law. Do they, how do they? Isn't it a question? Actually, how they, work. How do they find? If it's Donna's tin can or my tin can in my rubbish. Or if somebody walking down the street just sort of opened up the thing and threw his soda can in there. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's no way. And there's no way I'd pay. You can't prove it's mine. See you later. Um, Or I did it. See you later. Mm -hmm. So one of of my amendments was... Was to change the fee back to twenty five dollars instead of a hundred dollars. Yeah. And the other one was to remove the the statement that recycling is mandatory in the city of Attleboro. And this was one I went back and forth on because recycling is obviously incredibly important. But I believe the residents are incentivized to recycle just based on the the size of the blue bit. I mean, these these blue. Well, bits this are is so that small. authoritarian gene right. he's got in his head somewhere that he's going to tell everybody exactly what's going to well, happen. Well, in in his defense, this had been there for since we we started the recycling program. Oh, charming! And, but you know, you're gonna uh, you're gonna say we're gonna do it now. N- well, and so the amendment was to remove that. Right. It, it yeah, yeah. Just just because we. We, so it was that voted that people. was accepted? That okay, was accepted. Great, great. The the new fees were accepted. And there was a requirement saying that everything needed to be out the day of before 730. Um for if if you're putting out a, a trash bag. And that I heard back from a number of, of people saying that they go to work at four thirty in the morning. They like to put their trash out the night prior. And so we we removed the, the, the regulation saying that you couldn't put your trash out the night prior. And mm-hmm. just to, to allow these people that have to go to work incredibly early to be able to put their trash bags out the night, the night prior. So, so those were all approved, and that was, that was great. Um, and those were my three amendments. Um, and then Councillor Reynolds made an amendment afterwards or, or attempted to make an amendment to to remove the the $29 bulk item fee because right now our ordinance reads that all residents within the city of Attleboro are allowed one bulk item per week to, to put out with their trash. Wow. Oh. Which, so you, you can put out your, your normal trash barrel and then one bulk item, of, yeah, you know, if you want to yeah. put a car seat out or something like that. 
that's the way our ordinance reads. Um, the the mayor is looking to change that to say it's you know twenty nine dollars per bulk item, and you you have to call up waste management and schedule for them to come pick it up. So, and that was the contract that he signed back in February. Mm-hmm. That's apparently enacted. So we're in this this interesting state now. And, and I had asked Councillor Holmes, the the ordinance chair, what what's going on now? Can I put a bulk item out? And will waste management pick it up? And the answer was no. Waste management is honoring the contract that the mayor signed in, in February. But so we're, we're in this limbo state where our ordinance says, hey, residents, you, you could put out one, one bulk item a week. Yep. Waste management isn't going to pick it up. And, and so it's the, the process of going about the, the, the whole trash thing has been poor to say it to say the least um and so sarah councilor reynolds made an amendment to say no we want to strike this 29 dollar fee mm-hmm. and encourage the mayor to to fix yeah. this this poorly negotiated contract um oh i hope she didn't say it like that <laughs> he's not sorry. gonna like that Anyway, so it, it, and we've, I noticed we've, you didn't say we've the been, honorable Councilor Reynolds. I just wanted to point so, that out. Right. Councilor Reynolds yeah, is, yeah. Is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it, she's great to work with. Um, so so it, we've been asking the mayor to, to, to come up with a solution for the, these bulk items and yeah. try to solve this in, in some way that's a little bit more reasonable. Um, and he just sort of said, yeah, maybe I'll work on it, maybe not, but the contract's already signed. So, well, could we put the mayor's chair out on the sidewalk with him in it, <laughs> maybe, and then they could pick that up? Well, and so we, it was, I was sort of torn Just a thought. On, on Tuesday with Sarah's amendment to, to remove the $29 fee. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I, I was torn. I didn't know what was in the best interest of the city. And so, regardless of my feelings towards the mayor, it was important to vote on what sure. was best for yeah. the city. Yeah. And because we were already had already signed up for this contract and it was being enforced and, and waste management wasn't picking up these bulk items, I didn't know if it was appropriate to actually strike that measure, which is, which is why I didn't propose to amend that. Um, but so we went back and forth and that went around in circles for a while within the council. And ultimately, we we decided to table the measure for two weeks to encourage the mayor to to, to work with waste waste management and come back to us and let us know what what the plan is and see if he can solve this issue, which which we've been asking for since August at least. And on and on it goes. We can take a break. The Honorable <clears throat> Councilor uh, Todd Kovis is with us. Auntie Dono is here. You can tell she's just trying to figure out. What planet is this happening on? I'm, I'm never on the right planet. No, right you know, it's okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, you and me on the radio. Hello, who's on the radio? Who's on my phone? Hello. Hi. How are you, Dave? Oh, there's Sandy. Okay, go ahead, Sandy. I Hi. have a question for Councilman Coburn. The Honorable Councilman <laughs> Coburn. Oh, the Good honorable. morning, Sandy. How are you today? I don't know. After listening to what you all have been talking about, Uh-oh. I'm... I'm I, I'm upset about this, <laughs> about this rubbish 
Oh, that, yeah. That is all about rubbish. Um, it's rubbish, what did, Sandy. What, I know. <laughs> what did you say about putting your barrel out the night before? Like, I have a rubbish so, so on the, mon- Mondays, uh, unless there's a holiday. Yes. And um, I usually put it out in the mid-afternoon. I am a widow. I live alone. I do my own rubbish. I don't have anybody here to help me. I take it out myself. And, and I you take can it continue out. to do that. What? So, And you can continue to do that. Put it out the, the afternoon or the night prior. There are no issues with that. And the way the ordinance is written, you're, you're allowed to put the trash barrel out the night prior. It's if you have any of the Atterborough trash bags. Those right, are the things right. that, that they were saying that those you can know, only go out on the morning of. That, okay. Well, you've answered my question. When you go trash bags, I, I have two little tiny trash bags inside my trash receptacle okay. because yep. I'm alone. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't generate a whole lot of trash. I generate a lot more uh, recycling. Of course. And, um, and me as a family of five with three kids, we uh, we generate a, yeah. quite a bit of trash. I, I get that. I, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I, you I have had five. a family we put two old by mistake. Um, <laughs> I want to know if at some point in the winter, if we are fortunate enough to have a winter with snow, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, fortunate. I love the snow. Um, <laughs> um, if... I could go a couple of weeks without having it empty with two little tiny trash bags that you can barely see sure. in the bottom of it. When you open it, you have to look three times to make sure. <laughs> I got two. They're, they're, I, and what I've been doing is using a lot of the plastic bags from the grocery store that they used to give you that they don't mm-hmm. give you anymore. And that's my trash. And sometimes I have three, but most of the time it's two. Okay. But I wait a week and have that. I wouldn't do it in the summer because it, it gets too warm. But um, right. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, wintertime. Now, you're it. going to jail, Sandy, no matter how you think. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. going to jail. I feel like I'm in right now, jail, so I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> it, Sandy, with the, the trash barrels, uh, one of the things that I've been noticing, and I don't know if others are, are seeing it, is that because of how narrow these trash barrels are, mm-hmm. they, I, I, I see them knocked over a, across the city. You know, it was driving down my street the other oh. day on trash day, and there were 10 of them knocked over. Yeah. They, they just, they don't stay up any, like. No. Is this something and, you've seen? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, that's another whole complaint, and I've already registered that with the health department, but Good. it still happens. The, the receptacle, the truck that picks both of them up the one the most of the time they land them on the ground and they fall over yep yeah so that's i end exactly. up having to pull this heavy because it's heavy for me um this heavy um rubbish barrel the blue the all blue one up myself and close the cover and of course i close the cover one day on my finger and i've hurt my finger so now I wear gloves. <laughs> but you call me, Sandy. I'll come to your house and take it back for you. <laughs> I will. I'll they, come. If you watch, and I have watched them do it, oh, yeah. and they 
they empty it in their in their you know truck, and then they just go plump. And if it falls over, it falls over. They don't give a. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, I got to hold you there, Sandy. You made it, uh, and unless you got something else you want to fast. Hey, thank well, you, Sandy. It's yeah, good to hear from you. I go, do have something All right, go ahead. Oh. Yep, yep. And it's a different problem. Um, there are a lot of us that live in the city that uh, are alone, own our own home, and pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Think of that when you are setting the tax rate, because... Mm-hmm. I, to, to even go up at this point in time is not fair to a lot of us. I, I'm not talking about just myself. I know probably a dozen of seniors that are basically alone. And, and Sandy, that's a that's a great point. And so we'll certainly consider that when looking at the tax shift, but. I think we as a city need to go further than that. And one of the things that I've been working on, and it's it's been sidetracked as a result of COVID, is implementing a tax freeze for for seniors that have been in the city for X number of years, seniors like you where... Well, I've at, been here for almost 60 years. Yes. And so the, the intent would be that we would freeze your tax rate at a, a specific value across the board for for all seniors, not based on income or anything like that, um, and then leave your tax rate for your home at that consistent value year over year. Um, it's something that I've been working with State Rep Jim Hawkins on, and it, and admittedly, it's been sidetracked as 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 a result of COVID recently. Um, I understand that. That doesn't that you still have to pay taxes, and just because COVID hit doesn't mean that that I can take a break. But uh, it is something that I think is in, incredibly important, and actually more important to provide legi- like real relief to seniors within the city um, is is to um, freeze the tax rate. So yeah, I I I will accept that because um, nobody knows how hard it is to still want to live in your own home and be your own boss in your own home and mm-hmm. be safer in your own home than you oh, are certainly. in congregate living. And I know all about that. Especially um, with the virus, yeah. Yep. And, um, but you also got to think about the, the wallets of, of those people that mm-hmm. want to continue to be able to keep their own home and stay where they are at this point. All right, great. Thanks a lot for the call. Thank you. Outstanding. Thank you, Sandy. Good to hear from you. There goes Andy Sandy. All right. Now. Yes. Did you watch the debate? Oh, I certainly did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was was much more respectful and, you know, coherent. I think they had him drugged. (laughs) I don't know about that. Well, I guess. Quaaludes, right? Yeah. Um, The thing that jumped out at me with, yeah. with, with the debate um, was so both both sides were were coherent um, the thing that that really jumps out to me is Joe Biden's empathy and perceived moral character in, in when during the debate they were talking about the, the 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 kids separated from their families yeah Joe showed real emotion mm-hmm. and 
anger towards what's going on with those 500 kids yeah, that yeah. where yes. they just can't find their their parents. And so yeah. um, I, I, I respect that. I, um, I thought it was an interesting debate, though. I, I actually enjoyed watching that one and enjoyed the, the back and forth. Well, I enjoyed it. the opportunity for Biden to be able to um, talk for two minutes uh, and show that he get through it without stepping in it or biting his tongue or whatever, mm-hmm. because he has, he has sometimes he gets he, he get his words get ahead of his thoughts or vice versa. And, and, and the stuttering thing doesn't happen. Well, not, the, not just the stuttering thing. I'm talking about, you know, have you, have you ever read a, um, the write-up of a deposition, the written deposition? And no. you see how people talk. Donna and I talk sometimes about the um, um, English. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what is it? Where they retell the story. Oh, the American accent. What is it? No, no. Anyway, they have this propensity. You say to me, so I went this morning and I and I got a, a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and then I stopped and I saw Jim Hawkins and uh, we talked about it and then I came over here. Cause I, and then you and I talked for a few And then you'll go, yeah, because like I said, I went over to Dunkin' Donuts and then, then, then I came back and I saw Jim Hawkins and they'll tell you it all over again. It's one of the reasons okay. I don't like to talk to people. Prior to on the yeah, break, off the air. In the break, yeah. Um, so what happens is with with uh, Biden, if you read a deposition, you'll see how people never finish a sentence. Okay. You're right? Yeah, the, the, yeah, guilty as charged too. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's the way they speak because mm-hmm. you know what they mean. They, they don't say the baby again or whatever it is they're talking sure. about. Yeah. And so, but he has a tendency. They're all over him watching because he he's making a point, but he doesn't. <laughs> Follow some, through and finish the sentence because yeah. he doesn't need to. I mean, he's making sure. his point, and he, he, goes, need and to, he yeah. goes to another mm-hmm. example in yeah. the middle of the one he's giving. So, right. so, you know, so anyway, I was glad to see him be able to do all of that. You know, to be able to, uh, but you know, everybody's jump. Everybody, these yeses are trying to find. I had a conversation this morning uh, with a Trumpian. Um, <clears throat> who has a happened to have a radio show, <laughs> and I called him and. And he, the one thing he took out was his reference to the oil companies. You know, the, he's got to sure. put the oil. Yeah, I'm sure in four years you're going to put the oil companies out of business. That's going to happen. But that was what he took was the most important thing out of. And mine was that the president is saying we're turning the corner mm. on something that's going to kill another 250,000 people. I mean, right. It, it, it's crazy. Well, it, in even from from. Day one with the the president when he was running four years ago talking about we're going to bring back a coal jobs and and all of that like and clean and, coal and we're going to clean, clean, yeah. clean coal, the coal. In, in manufacturing jobs and I was like great let's bring back whaling to New Bedford <laughs> like like these things and the airports to seventeen seventy six yeah we like. Yeah. We need to evolve as a country and keep up with the times. And my thought is, so some of these manufacturing jobs aren't coming back, and that's okay. What do we do to move forward? And How this do we, oil and this yeah. oil thing, but the oil thing that Biden was talking about, you know, okay, but that's like that's like the recycling thing here in the town. We're gonna work on that, but we you know it's one of the down the road we yeah, have an eye on it. Of course, it has down to the road we got an eye on. Can't do it right away. But you know, this is I mean, he's being beaten about yeah. the head and shoulders because yeah. he he talked about it. He meant down the road, right? Right, responsibly over the next number. Of, X number of years. Yeah. We have two minutes left, the Honorable 
counselor. So I think we, we covered everything. We, we, we talked about the farmer's market. Everybody head over to the farmer's market. Thank Heather for her service and what she's done with that and, and creating an incredible community event that, that happens every Saturday. She's really a marvelous job. Yep. She, yep. Absolutely The whole incredible. crew has. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So this is, this is the last farmer's market of the summer. I guess it's not summer anymore. This is the last farmer's market of the season. Today. Yeah. 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 And the the last one with Heather as the chairperson for the farmer's market. So head over there, say thank you. I believe the uh, Boreal Burgundian waffles are going to be there. So the waffle guy is going to be there. Okay. So go get a waffle, have some fun, say hi to Heather. Um, the other thing we talked about was the, the, the tax shift that's happening on Tuesday. Um, talk to your counselors if, if you want them to shift one way or the other. Um, but that, that vote's happening on Tuesday. Um, we talked about the, the trash in Attleboro and how that was delayed for two weeks, so we'll be revisiting that. And we're signing weeks. up people to take in Sandy's bin. Yes, for, yes, correct. We said we Volunteers, will we'll have a sign-up form, and yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Counselor Cobus, thank you. And we're, we're glad to have him. We we're always a pleasure. Always. We love to have you here. Stay plate. tuned for more on Kane and Company, okay? Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Second hour of Kane and Company, you and me on the radio until noontime today. Well, I say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, healthcare employees, and of course, good old number 41. You and me together until noon. Auntie Donna is in attendance. Good morning, Miss Bruguli. Good morning. How are you doing, baby? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing a good way. I like it when Todd comes. I do, too. Uh, he comes in and informs us. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It mm. is. And it's nice to know that um, he's around and doing what he's supposed to do. And now Sandy has done given her complaint to him, which he should bring to the... Which I'm sure he will. I'm sure he yeah, will. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He, yeah. take, he takes all that stuff seriously. He does. I uh, just want to mention to you quickly that um, um, out in um, in uh, Plainville right now, and uh, out in Plainville, uh, my friend Kelly Fox is working diligently, as she does all the time, uh, for Christmases for Kids. Mm-hmm. And they've got a toy drive going on right now. And you can be part of it, and all you have to do is um, get a brand new toy for a child of any age, and then plop it in your car and drive you over to up to eighteen. Thirty Manmar Drive. Yeah, is it up yeah, to yeah, Thirty Man. Yeah, yeah. and and, uh, and uh, you know uh, you can be part of this, and I know they're probably really cooking over there. This is Kelly. Up, oh, that's Kelly, and this is Dave Kane. And how's it going over at Manmar Drive? We're doing pretty well. We've got um, three vehicles that look like they're pretty well filled up. Oh, great. We've had about 25 cars come so far in the first hour. Oh. Um, Jim Hawkins came to visit. Betty oh. Courier came to visit. Brought lots of things with them, and we greatly appreciate that. So well, you got, is, Betty, is Betty Poirier still there? No, Betty was here right at 9 o'clock. Oh, okay, Jim good, good. Because you got to... You, I, I'm trying to get her on the air here, Kelly. We got to get her on the air, and so I thought you could whisper in her ear because she has, doesn't remember who the hell I am, but nobody does. Uh, anyway, and, and so and listen, we've got a toy drive going on right now, uh, Thirty Manmar Drive in Plainville, right between that's between the Dunkin' Donuts and the Honeydew 
Come right down the lane, and you'll see all the people over there. And just a plop a brand new toy for a child, any age, uh, toddler Absolutely. to to eighteen, yep. I guess seventeen. And 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 if you can help out, that would be great. This is very unusual for us to be doing this type of thing, but with the pandemic, we have to adapt, right? That's right. Absolutely. We've had a lot of companies that would normally have been matched up to children, and and they, they've had layoffs. So they're, they're just not working. They're working remotely, so they don't have the, wow. yep. the ability to bring all, all of their employees together to do the kind of work that they would normally do. And so, um, so we figured we would just try to get a jump on it and... You know, hopefully we don't have a second wave and we don't get shut down, but we're we're trying to plan for any eventuality so that we can get the work done and get the kids taken care of. Yeah, and not only is it going to be difficult for us to do the crowd we normally have, uh, but we may be seeing people who for years have given to us and now, oh, I think we lost her. Yep. Nope, I'm here. Oh, there you are. I don't know what that was. Um, we want uh, people to... Um, to know that, you know, we may have new people, right? Yes, oh, absolutely. Who need it in addition to the people that we, we hope are going to be able to help, but now the people who have given before might um, might also need to be part of the program. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. That, um, yep. we're, we've already seen, um, I probably have 60 to 70 um Story sheets already for, for parents and social workers to drop things off, but I'm figuring that's kind of the drop in the bucket. And, yep. and it's very early to, to even get these uh, story sheets in October. Usually we don't see them until November. So wow. so we got to get, get busy today, early. right now and today. Uh, drop over to 30 Manmar Drive, Plainville, from until noontime, and then everybody We're runs here. away because I might come show over, and then they're going to go. <laughs> So I, you can I, come over and help us unload at the drop-off center. Yeah, yeah. You say that now, and then I get there, and everybody goes, "Shh, don't tell them we're here." <laughs> they, they don't answer the door. They put they, they don't don't make any noise. They're we're gonna, gonna leave a bag just for you. All right. Thank, thanks so much for your help. <laughs> thanks. Uh, all right. Bye-bye bye bye now. There goes Kelly um, Fox. All right. You and me on the radio till noontime today, and I think we got somebody on the phone. I'm hoping. Yeah, here it is. Hello, oops, hello, 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 oh, we lost him, I think, maybe he'll call back, all right, I think that's our guest who was trying to come on the air, uh, and uh, had a problem, and who is he, Dr. Mike Fine, Dr. Mike Fine mm-hmm. is involved in a bunch of stuff, including uh, the um, uh, work on the pandemic, uh, and COVID responses in Central uh. Falls to start, and he's a writer, and, and I think he'll, Probably try to get us back again. 508-222-1320, telephone number to call. 508-222-1320. And um, it's you and me on the radio until noontime today. And Mm -hmm. let me see. This is kind of interesting because um, he also uh, has done an audio book for Healthcare Revolt. And he's got a new chapter on uh, COVID in relationship to the Supreme Court. Ah. Some uh, important... <clears throat> healthcare uh, revolt? Is that no. what you said? Yeah. Healthcare, healthcare revolt. revolt. Yeah. 
Yeah. I revolted against health care years ago, so I, I guess imagine. people are jumping on the wagon. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we'll see. 508-222-1320, telephone number to call, so we're uh, waiting to have him get another shot back here. Uh, and then at 11 o'clock this morning, Jim Jones will be attending uh, the services here. That's always fun. He's yeah, fun. We, lots to talk about, lots of stuff that we haven't, haven't gotten to. And the uh, farmers, it is the last day of the farmer's market. And we hope that uh, that you will um, scoot over there before before one o'clock to be able to do that. I'm guessing this is Dr. Fine. Good morning. Good morning. Is this Dr. Fine? Guilty. Okay. Pleased of being Dr. Fine. Okay. This is Dave Kane, and uh, my uh, friend Donna uh, Sprague is with me. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Donna. Now, first of all, um, I, I, Doctor and I have not spoken before, uh, Donna. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Alex, and he let me know about the doctor, and I said, well, let's get him on the air. There's a whole bunch of stuff he's involved with. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. And Alex sent me a, a it took me nine weeks to get through all of this stuff, <laughs> to, to look at everything. But mm-hmm. let's start uh, one at a time. First of all, uh, wh- what is your specialty, Doctor? I'm a family physician. Okay, great. Um, now, you're involved uh, in the COVID responses in Central Falls, as an example. What are you doing there? What's, what's that? Well, we've done a bunch of things over the last couple of months. Uh, first, we put together a, uh, a, uh, a, a call center for people who didn't have their own doctors. Um, so that when people got sick, they had a place to call, and then we got those people uh, first into isolation, and then we got them uh, the support they needed to stay in isolation, and then we got them tested. Um, and that really provided uh, the kind of support that was needed to Central Falls, which is a community that was the most infected community in the state of Rhode Island, uh, one of the most infected communities in the country, more infected than uh, than any place in New York City. Now, what do, um, what do you attribute that to? I mean, does this? I mean, it's got to go beyond the, the poverty factor. Uh, are they are they not getting the information that they need? Are they not, you know, following the instructions? What do you what, what would you attribute that to? Well, I think it actually is poverty, um, in the following way: two th- and and there are two pieces. One is, in Rhode Island, during our lockdown, uh, people were still allowed to go out to work in industries and factories and mm-hmm. meatpacking houses. Oh, and so uh, because people in Central Falls are low income, they kind of had to go out to work every day in order just to survive. Right, of course. Um, yep. they, couldn't, they couldn't work from home. Mm-hmm. You know, in the rest of the, the world, most of us could work from home, um, but only 10 or 15 percent of people in Central Falls could work from home. So they would go out to work every day. Um, and they would often, they often, people from Central Falls often go to work in these little uh, minibuses, these little, mic, you know, these, these what are sometimes called jitneys mm-hmm. um, that take them to factories all around mostly Massachusetts, actually, um, and in the Jitney buses and then in their workplaces, uh, they would catch the virus from each other, and then they would come home. And, and uh, Central Falls is a community of triple-deckers. 
um, where people live very densely packed, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 people to a two bedroom apartment. And so somebody would, would go to work, pick up the virus, bring it home and then spread it all to, to everyone they lived with. And so we heard many, many stories of people who were, uh, where, where a whole family would be sick. A whole family of 10 or 12 people would all be sick at once. And we found out about it, actually. We began to see it very early when we heard four, about four or five deaths that occurred at home, mm. you know, for people who didn't quite understand how sick they were in a community where only half of the population has access to a doctor. Mm. So, so therein lies a lot of the problem, and, and so your job is to try to help these people and get them educated and, and, and get them the support that they need, right? And it's hard right. to do if they still have to go to work, right? That's exactly the point. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's how you, how, you know, thinking about this is, you know, makes you tear your hair out, and you don't, we've not met, but I don't have much hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh it makes you tear your hair out because, you know, on the one hand, you want the economy to keep running. And the other hand, you don't want people to infect each other by going to work. Yeah, this thing about opening the country is really a misnomer, isn't it? I mean, it's well, not about opening it. It's about doing something safely that uh, doesn't kill you. It's about keeping it open. Yeah. You know, when, when we look, I think we have to consider what's happened in the United States as a massive failure um, when you compare us to other nations. You know, South Korea, <clears throat> a country of 52 million people, a democracy. When I looked a week or two ago, they had had eight deaths. Oh, eight. Wow. We're getting close to 230,000 deaths. Even in little Rhode Island, we're getting close to 1,200 deaths. Um, that's in a million people. In South Korea, eight, because they did this smarter and better than we did. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't be hard to do it smarter and better, would it? The way we it did. Would not. Yeah. It would definitely not. Mm-hmm. You know? And and so what, what do you so what are you looking at now? What do you what do you foresee as the future? I mean, this second we're supposed to be getting a second run now. Um, what's your opinion on all of this? Well, I look at the numbers every day, and we are definitely, at least in Rhode Island, in the middle of a second run, and I think you in Massachusetts are also in the middle of, you know, a second run or a second wave. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on what we choose to do to control it. Uh, it is kind of late. We, are, we should have been doing things in the summer to prevent the spread of the disease, which we totally failed to do. Like what? What should we have um, been doing? We should have been doing what's called targeted asymptomatic testing, um, which means we should have been uh, creating what are called heat maps. You know, if you map everybody who's positive in the last two weeks, you will see that the positives often cluster around certain blocks or neighborhoods. Um, We should have gone to those clusters, those neighborhoods, and tested every single person in those neighborhoods. This would be right after a right after a Trump rally, I'm guessing. You know, no, no, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> it happens anyway. There, yeah, yeah. Some of this, you know, like some of the disease was still around all throughout the summer. Yeah. 
we were testing, you know, the number of people who tested positive were smaller, but it wasn't close to zero. Um, and so the time, the opportunity was to take that moment and start looking for all the people who were test, who were, who were positive, who had the virus and didn't know it because 40 to 50% of people with the virus are asymptomatic. We should have found all those people and got them into isolation so uh, we could have driven the transmission down to next to nothing, which is what they have in South Korea, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in Vietnam, and other places where they've succeeded at this, you know, where we failed. To give you a feel for what those numbers are, you know, they keep their virus, the, the, the number of new cases, down to below two per 100,000. We never got ours much below uh, seven or eight per 100,000. And in the last couple of months, it's been up in the 15 to 20 per 100,000, which made us a sitting duck for when the weather changed and when people went back to school and when we opened bars and restaurants. We were just not ready for that based on the level of disease transmission. Hmm. So how do we do this then? So what, what do we start? Obviously, I mean, we're continuing or you're trying to get some of these yutzes to put their face mask on. But in addition, what are some of the other things we can do? Well, I think getting everybody to put their face mask on is the place to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. You know, the, the, the problem is nobody wants to wear a face mask and nobody wants a social distance. I miss my friends and so does everybody else. You know, this, this is no way to live and everybody knows it. So, you know, left to ourselves, you know, we're going we're gonna to slip from time to time. The problem is when lots of people slip, you get disease transmission. So the way to do it, and this is what the, you know, the South Koreans did, you know, it's what the Israelis did when they were good at it. They, they fell apart after some time. But you put thousands of healthcare workers on the street so that you can't drive down the street without seeing somebody saying, you know, making sure that you have a mask on. And if you don't have a mask, giving you a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, and reminding you of the importance of this because it's just too much hassle to remember yourself. And you need to cover um, your nose with that mask. People you gotta are cover your nose. Going around. You got to have the damn mask on every time you go out of the house. Um, so you know we got to get it. We got to get it so that every single person is doing it. And that's not going to happen by passing a law. And it's not going to happen by begging. It's going to happen by gently reminding. Um, so we have to have, you know, we have to have thousands of people reminding people about doing that. <clears throat> we have to have, you know, when people go into isolation or quarantine, we have to have people checking to make sure that they're in isolation. They've stayed there. Mm -hmm. We are doing no enforcement. And I think the other thing is we have to close the bars, and I don't think we can do inside dining until we get to uh, the transmission rate of, uh, under two per hundred thousand per day. Mm. Because well, when you go into a diner, you're going to, to to eat. You're going to take the mask off. You can't exactly. drink. Right. Drink. You can't yeah. drink a, a you know a Rob Roy when you got a mask on, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why uh, that's why bars and restaurants have become so difficult, and that's why you know in Britain they decided, you know they they couldn't have both the bars and restaurants and the schools open at the same time. And let me tell you, to, to close a pub 
in Britain is a big deal. <laughs> That's a, that is yeah. a big deal, yeah. Well, you know, you know what happens on election day in uh, in Ireland? They close all the pubs on election day, and then nobody can get out to vote. <laughs> That's really what happens. <laughs> People don't know that, but it's an old Irish story. Um, and so, really, we keep going back to the same rhetoric, don't we? We go back to the same rule. Put on the freaking mask, period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. But yeah. the president... I mean, we drop transmission by 60% if we do that. Yeah, the president that, and the, the mayors and the governors aren't saying that, though. It's pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Yes, I, it's... Yeah. Well, some of the mayors and governors. I mean, everybody. I mean, Rhode Island. I mean, we happen to be in Attleboro, but you know, it's across the street. But I mean, in Rhode Island, we've done very yeah, well. Yeah, she's done well. She's governor. done a terrific job. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and and here in Massachusetts, you know, Baker's doing all that he can. I mean, but you got to get people who are going to take this yeah. seriously. You get people, especially on talk radio. They call into talk radio and oh, I'm not doing that. That's all. A- and Fauci's getting rich. <laughs> That's the difference between Americans and everyone else on the planet. Mm. We think that we are, we're, we're supposed to be special. Yeah. It's very annoying to me. We are the great right. I am, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we've also made a critical error in how we think about health care. Mm-hmm. And that is in the United States, we've made health care essentially for profit. We made it yeah. a business. Um, and there are people who get rich from it. Mm-hmm. And that means that anybody who says anything related to health care is suddenly suspect. Yeah. Suddenly it's about, as you said, Dr. Fauci making a zillion dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And even if that's totally not true, the suspicion that anything we're saying is because mm-hmm. somebody's going to make money um, that starts from the place of... And, 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 and here's the silliness of this. It's okay for Dr. Phil to make all that money. <laughs> I'll right. believe Dr. Phil, right? And he's making all... really is making a lot of money. Uh, but I'm not going to believe Fauci, who's obviously dedicated to what he's doing. Uh, yeah, amazing. You know, the, the story was different during polio. You know, almost nobody's alive, nobody remembers uh, when the polio vaccine was developed in the early 50s. I think it was actually released in 1953. Yeah. Um, but Jonas Salk, who developed it, you know, spent years working at it. They, they, they had trials that involved hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. Um, everybody sort of rolled up their sleeves to, to sort of try to stop this dread disease. And they came up with the vaccine. And, you know, after they came up with the vaccine, and I'm old enough to remember getting it on the streets of the municipal building in the, in the little town in which I grew up in New Jersey. Um, but uh, after it was released, Dr. Salk was asked, you know, so don't you want to patent it? It's worth 6 or $7 or $8 billion. And Dr. Salk looked at the, the, the person who asked and said, patent a vaccine? Mm-hmm. Can you patent the sun? Mm-hmm. This belongs to everyone. Wow. Yes. Imagine the difference between that set of beliefs and where we are today. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you bring up the polio thing, because I'm old enough, by the way, to remember that. Uh, and and I remember kids, I think there's a place over here in, in, uh, in North Attleboro was Moody's Beach. 
uh, they closed it down. It was like a pond the kids went in, you know. Yep. And there was one near my home in Rhode Island, and 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 they closed those all down because that was one of the places they were being. It was being you mm-hmm. know, found to be coming from, sure. and uh, or contribute to it. Uh, and there's another place where everybody said, wait a minute, we're going to get this now. But in today's, you've got the political or foolishness of one side saying, this is serious, wear your mask, and the other side saying, ah, that's nothing. It's bull-. Yeah. And that's one of the problems, too, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, some people are trying to make profit off it. Yeah. Some people are trying to make political hay off it. Mm-hmm. And the notion is that when we get and talk about health care, we ought to be talking about for people, not for profit. Nobody ought to make money or nobody ought to get an advantage of somebody else's misfortune. You know, you can't have a society like that. But how do you say that, doctor, when you, you, you're getting paid to be a doctor? So you're, you're getting it. So how do you... Well, actually, what's act, the difference? Actually, you know, I quit practice in 2009 because I couldn't stand it anymore. I thought it was morally incorrect. I was wow. saying that, you know, I was saying that tongue in cheek because I mean, obviously yeah. people need to need to earn a living and if you have the ability and talent that, that you obviously do, um, and that's a shame that you 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 did that because I don't well, think I there's into, a problem. I went into public health, so it's not totally yeah. lost. Yeah, because because it's important. You know, people have a right to make a living with a talent. They do, like I said, go back to, you know, go to a tap dancer or somebody else, a comedian. I mean, they have a right to it. But but you're talking about this excessive uh, and exclusionary uh, operation of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, yes, people have a right to make a living, but they don't have a right to make... You know, a zillion dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I think of colleagues who I know who make, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars from the practice of medicine, to me, that's morally unacceptable. Mm. I like you. I don't like many doctors. I like you. (laughs) Did you hear about the 14 year old girl whose science project found? that there's some way to stop the coronavirus from replicating itself? He's going to answer that after we take our break. Okay. Stay tuned, Doug. We're going to be uh, taking a little break. You're listening to Kane & Company. Love to have you on with us. All right, we're talking to Dr. Mike Fine, who's a family care physician and involved in um, uh, discussion this morning uh, about originally about the pandemic and how to deal with COVID. And Donna had a question. Donna had a question. Go ahead, Donna. Oh, okay. There's a 14-year-old girl who's on the news, in real news, actual news, um, who looks like she, her parents are also scientists or doctors or something. She won her science project in a thing because she found a way to stop the coronavirus from replicating. Did you hear about that, Doctor? 
I have not heard about it. It should be huge. Yeah, well, you know, there are going to be lots of discoveries about the coronavirus. Remember, mm -hmm. this is a virus that's new to us. It probably crossed over from bats to humans about a year ago in China. Um, so there are lots of things we don't know about it. And lots of people are working hard to try to, mm. you know, figure out different approaches, better testing, because we don't have very good testing at all. Um, so mm. we got to get decent testing. We have to find ways to prevent it from replicating. We have to provide, find ways to prevent it from spreading. You know, and, and the, the important thing is that the science be left to itself to sort of develop and, and find uh, ways of prevention and what, ways of cure. Um, which is the natural thing that we do for every new uh, virus or bacteria that arises. Sure. Yeah, but here's, here's another problem, a, a new problem for the for the decade. You have people that are saying they're not... By the way, Doctor, do you have a radio on in the back at all? I do not. Okay, uh, I'm hearing a, a yeah, feed... Yeah, me too. It's uh, weird. A, a, like okay. a re replay of our audio. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't out of there. It's probably out of the board here. Um, okay. So... so so the the problem comes to you have people who won't or who say they won't trust a virus um, a, a vaccination mm -hmm. uh, because um, they don't believe that it's genuine or they believe it's just being put out to either make the president look good or 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 whatever. That's another problem, right? It's a huge problem, and and you know it starts in this in this sort of everything is for profit. You know, we as a nation gave $10 billion to for-profit companies, to five for-profit companies to develop vaccines. Two of them had never brought a vaccine to market uh, in their history. And their stock, the value of their stock went through the roof. They're, they're poised to make billions of dollars on this vaccine. Hmm. And thus, you can understand why people might be suspicious. Of course. Can we, can we not imagine a world where we roll up our sleeves, do it together like, you know, we, we put a man on the moon, you know, like something we all do together for the sake of the nation instead of, you know, allowing private profit along the way? Of course we can. But do we have the intestinal fortitude mm -hmm. to change and get there? That's the open question. We've all been programmed to yeah, this think is that that's a new. great thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, look at the money that people are constantly complaining about what they have to spend for for medication. I mean, yeah. the, the profit structure in pharma is unbelievable. The profit structure everywhere in healthcare in the United States is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, the books you mentioned, you, you sort of uh, alluded to, is called Healthcare Revolt, um, and it's a book about. Uh, the notion that we have a market and not a health care system. There we have an, in, an industry, but not a system that takes care of all Americans. Mm -hmm. And this isn't about left or right. It's not about socialize this or socialize that. It's about the simple point that, you know, when you do things for profit, you end up getting weird incentives. And when you do things for people, those incentives change. Yeah, when you're getting for money, you'll do anything. Mm. Anything mm. to get yeah. the money. 
Well, you know, I mean, people say and do some pretty outrageous things. Obviously, mm-hmm. Doctor Fine is is, is uh, of a different ilk. Yes, uh, uh, and 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 that's terrific. And but you've you've got these other things going on now. Before we get off this topic, uh, is there something you, you specifically wanted to make sure you get out about all of this? Well, I think that, that, that you know, if I have a message, the message is we need to build a movement to make a health care system for people and not for profit. Mm. You know, this is a uh, $3.9 trillion industry. My God. And about mm. half of it is profit. So, you know, there's somebody making, you know, $1.5 to $2 trillion on everyone else's back in the name of wow. health and health care. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot to change it. Um, but it won't change unless we roll up our sleeves and build a movement analogous to the civil rights movement or the movement for women's suffrage um, uh, in order to, to change it. We're going to have this is this is going to take work and it's going to take mm-hmm. years and it's not going to happen just because somebody passes a bill. We've right. got to be right. thinking about what it what it's going to take neighborhood by neighborhood and community by community to build a health care system that takes care of every single American. Mm. We can do it. We've done other things that are bigger and more difficult. But if we don't start, we'll never get it done. Yeah, this one is a real tough one. Now, let me, let me ask you, uh, what are your feelings on the, uh, uh, the current head of the CDC? Mm. Um, well, he seems to be a pretty nice guy. But I think if I were he, I would have resigned by the end of February. Yes, you would have. So can we get you to uh, to apply for the gig? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think anybody's hiring me for that job. Oh, I no. actually have, have known... <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> I've known a number of CDC directors, and yeah. they're, they're, they're good pe- they've been mm-hmm. good people. Sure. Um, but I think things are so politicized now that yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very difficult mm. environment for anyone to be the director of the CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the choices that the, you know, one of the things that we don't talk about is how the politicians on both sides of the aisle took this over from the public health people, and mm-hmm. they decided to make decisions that weren't about public health. They decided to make decisions that were often about their political futures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't think any of us should tolerate. Um, but I don't hear anybody talking about it very much. Mm-hmm. We're just sort of dealing with it, and that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm, very much too bad. Now, in, in my notes uh, that, that uh, Alex sent me, um, it was interesting. I saw it, it said, Healthcare Revolt in a new chapter on COVID in relationship to the Supreme Court. Now, what is, what is the next <laughs> nexus there? Hmm. Um, that's a chapter that was written for the audio book of Healthcare Report, right, which has right. just, just come out. <clears throat> and that nexus is, was a, this was written before uh, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was reflecting back on the previous uh, Supreme Court justice and uh, what we, the process of his uh, confirmation. And his, to me, amazing comment. First of, first of all, I thought that the confirmation hearing that he had, this is Justice Kavanaugh, um, was 
itself uh, amazing because what did they ask him about? You know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Justice Kavanaugh, let me tell you. But what did they ask him about? They didn't ask him so much about what he thought or what he knew. They asked him about stuff that was alleged to have happened in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was bad enough. But to, to make it worse, how did he respond? He didn't respond. You know, gee whiz, that could have happened. And if it happened, I'm really sorry. You know, like people do things in high school that they live to regret, which I think is what most of us were thinking. Instead, he said, boys and girls like beer. Yes. I like beer. Right. What a moron. That suggests a culture of kind of commercialism and mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that culture is the culture that we brought to the table when the virus hit. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yes. we, we didn't have the moral and intellectual resources we needed to take this virus on and beat it. And if you think about it, you know, the, the science tells us that this is a cold virus. This virus, you know, I mean, it's, we're, we're suffering through it right now, but this is a tiny little virus. You know, this is not like the Black Plague. Yeah. It's not, hmm. you know, a major killer. You know, this, this likely kills 0.6% or fewer of the people who get it. Hmm. Five to six times as many as the flu, um, but still a tiny number by comparison. Ebola, that yeah. virus that broke out in West Africa in, in 2014, kills 50 to 75% of the people who get it. And those of us who know a little science know that somewhere out there in the world, the next bad pandemic is evolving. It's waiting, yep. Yeah. Is waiting, you know, it's sort of way, is lying in wait and will eventually emerge. And if we can't handle a virus um, that kills 0.6% of the people who get it, if we can't handle a virus that is containable as they proved in South Korea, what are we going to do when the big one gets here? Hmm. Well, the problem is, of course, that the number of people who get it, regardless of the percentage, it, it, there are so many people that get it and so many people that are spreading it around. Uh, that's why these numbers of 250,000, 60,000 are right, but, happening. But, 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 Dave, any new virus everyone is susceptible to. Mm-hmm. This right. is going to happen again and again and again sure. in human history. Yeah. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we prepared as a people? Are we prepared as the human race? Are we being responsible enough and mature enough and work together well enough to take care of ourselves? Mm. Or are we letting ourselves be picked apart by our differences and by profit. I was wondering, um, the, the countries right now who aren't having a problem because they've done the right thing, is there, do they have fast food like here in, in uh, America? And does that, does what you put in your mouth uh, lead to sickness or health? You know, I, I don't know those cultures well enough to, to really answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things they did differently were things they did that I think turned around consensus and leadership, uh. not so much on, you know, whether there are whether you know what kind of food they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they made good decisions and they made them early. They invested in people, not in technology. 
you know, in, in Wuhan, in the city where the disease broke out in China, um, a city of 11 million people, they brought in 42,000 health care workers. Oh. Um, in, in Israel, there, there was a city called B'nai Barak, which is about 200,000. They brought in 2,000 of their crack reservists to help contain the virus. Wow. We have not seen anything like that kind of commitment, focus, and presence any place in the United States. Okay, so they have all these people, and they're helping them contain the virus. How? How do they get the people to go along with it? Here in America, you can't get them to do anything. Well, you can get them to do things, I think, if you try. So, you know, they put people all over the place reminding people to wear masks. They put people, you know, checking temperatures whenever somebody goes into a building. Not that mm-hmm. taking temp- t- t- checking temperatures matters that much, but what matters is that those guys are reminding everybody yeah. of the importance of being vigilant. Um, they are making sure that everybody who has to go into isolation gets pulled out of their house and is taken to an isolation hospital and gets all the food they need. Um, you know, they're, they're making sure that everybody who's in quarantine stays home, mm-hmm. you know, tr- yeah, but he, he, so now, yeah, but you, you, Doctor, now we're in, we're in America, and you're not going to tell me I got to yeah, leave my home, right. Doctor. You know what I mean? You're not going to tell mm-hmm. me I got to wear a mask. I'm an American. Mm-hmm. I have the amendments. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I think it turns out that the law exists to be able to make you do it. Um, we just have chosen not to put those laws into, oh, great. into yep. force. That's right. And, yep. and, and, but what that reflects is our lack of consensus as a people that we're going to lick this together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 67 years old, and I'm going to vote in person on November 3rd because I understand that voting is way more important, that, that the risk of voting is way smaller than the risk of the virus. Um, and the risk of me not voting to the society is such that i got to put myself second, and i got to put what we have to do together first. Well, I first got to believe, yeah, but you first got to believe that there's a danger. Uh, the ignorance of the people that have been exposed to this or you know they don't and they don't think beyond themselves you know they don't think about well i'm a <clears throat> i'm strong and i'm, 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 I'm and, and not realizing that they're going to go home and bring it to their grandchildren mm-hmm. right i so mean that, they don't they don't get it they don't believe it it's all leadership it's all leadership and that's what we're hearing from the president of the united states yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all leadership and, yeah you know that's what we're hearing from the people who you know, are trying to get his approval. Mm. Um, but we are smarter and better people than this. And, you know, we, we've got to find a way to do better and take care of each other instead of let ourselves be picked apart, you know, in somebody's self-interest. And that is not a criticism of Democrats or Republicans specifically. You know, I think all of them are in that game. And somehow we have to change how we think and what we do um, and who we let lead us. Now, uh, before we, uh, I mean, we got, still got some time here, but before we wrap, I want to know a little bit more uh, about you. Uh, I know you're from Jersey, from you said, but tell me a little bit about you and your background and your, where'd you go to school, et cetera. 
Sure. Well, I've had a, a wild, crazy, and interesting life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I went to college in a couple of different places. I worked as a community organizer in the South Bronx. Um, I got to spend some time in England writing novels. Uh, I drove a ta- taxi cab in New York City for a while. Oh, um, oh boy. You know, I, I worked nights in a metal fabricating factory. Mm. Uh, so I've done a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then I've, I practiced medicine for 20 years. Now, uh, how did you, what made you decide to become a doctor? Um, it was a complicated decision, but it was because I really wanted to write novels. And <laughs> I, I, I realized that, uh, that in order to, that I wasn't going to make money writing novels for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I needed to find a different way to support myself. Um, and I thought that that being uh, a doctor let me be in communities and listen and talk to people in a very intimate way mm. um, and to listen to their voices and hear their voices. Well, that's a long and, way to go. You, you may as well be a priest and listen to the confessions. Yeah, well, it's a similar <laughs> sort of it's a similar sort of interaction. Sure it is, yeah. You know, yeah. when you do it right, I think. Yeah. Um, and that has led to these you know, these books of short stories um, and and the novel that you know about, the novel called Abundance. Yeah, well, I don't know about Abundance. What I do know is about Bull and Other Stories. So the Bull and Other Stories is a book of short stories that's about to be released in a couple of days, actually, mm. now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and they are short stories of all sorts of different people, mm. from a, a an ex-high school principal who... Uh, is a farmer in East Tennessee uh, to somebody homeless on Kennedy Plaza in uh, in Providence. Now, how did you end um, up in How did you end up in, in Rhode Island? Um, I came here for residency. I trained. Where? I, I I did family medicine residency at uh, Memorial Hospital. Uh, of, oh, of blessed of blessed memory. Yeah, you know it's funny. I did. I mean, I, I usually don't talk to inside baseball, but I was a kid in Central Falls. And I worked as an orderly in Memorial Hospital. Um, and and yes. so you remember Memorial, and you probably remember Notre Dame as well. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've we 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 replaced Notre Dame with a beautiful new neighborhood health station mm-hmm. um, right on the site of Notre Dame. We did yeah. that about two years ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, but all the, the stories, you know, and the voices of people. The, the thing that we have to do as human beings is be able to, to hear and feel and appreciate the experience of other people. And that's sure. what those stories are there to do. And what is, what is uh, uh, how about your podcast, Alternative Fictions? So the podcasts are uh, me reading the stories. Yeah. Um, so all of, all of the stories in the bull are, in, uh, are up on the podcast, uh-huh. so you can hear them as well as read them. Um, back in the day when people had a commute, uh, you know, people looked for stuff on podcasts more. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep hearing from people that they love hearing, uh, they love hearing the stories as well as reading them. Oh um, yeah. Well, well, this is great because uh, you know this is you know Donna, we don't believe in coincidence at all. No. Um, my friend Shirley Walker was was in a. Um, a nursing home, a rehab center, a nursing home place. 
And uh, she met this young man, Alex, who was a friend of Dr. Fine's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very kind to her, and a young high school kid, and she liked him. And so she introduced him to me when I went to visit her. And um, then he came into the station one day to just check things out because he was interested. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Shirley passed, and I hadn't spoken to him God knows when. And then I got this email from him about Dr. Fine. Alex, yeah. So obviously we uh, we were supposed to meet Dr. Absolutely. Fine. And uh, I would love to invite you to be a, a more regular guest mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Uh, to we, we set up some time when you come in, to either come in or, or do it on the phone. And just, you know, catch us up and maybe talk about some of your stuff. Because sure. it's uh, fascinating stuff. If you have mm-hmm. any interest in doing that, uh, we'd love to have you. Love to join you. Oh, Sounds beautiful. like fun. So we'll yes. work it out mm-hmm. and... Uh, my girl will call your girl. <laughs> no, the, uh, the, I don't think we say that anymore. Oh, oh, that's what we're gonna say. Oh, we I, I forgot. I, <laughs> I think we say my people will call your. People. Oh, is that my people will call your people? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'll do lunch. Yeah, we'll do lunch. Yeah, well, let them do lunch. I'm too cheap, and uh, then let us know how it goes. Um, so, uh, if you will drop me. Well, we got to figure this out. We got to get together because I don't have any of your contact information except through Alex. Uh, oh, I have the, the, the did you get you have, my note you this morning? You got yeah. my note this morning, right? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, good, good, good. All right, so I'll I'll contact you and we'll set something up that we can do periodically because Donna is all excited. Uh, yeah, a, a doctor I don't fear or dislike. She actually <laughs> said she would let you care for her. She would let if, you yeah, examine you her and, that, uh, yeah. well, you said something else, but I don't want to say that. But, I did but, not. <laughs> we but need to shut his mouth. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a dangerous guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, he is. Terrible. Um, <laughs> listen, you know, you got to realize Donna got sick not long ago, and there were three medicine men in here <laughs> dancing around with <laughs> rattles, and oh, you know, it's unbelievable. Well, it's, but it sounds like they got her better. So yeah, well, you know, <laughs> any pathway works. Yeah. <laughs> Any, any 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 action toward Donna would have to make her better. <laughs> I love Ooh. you too, dear. Yeah. Ooh, she's going to let you walk out of there? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, we've only known each other 40? 40 years. 40 years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's used to my being an ignorant I'll, I'll let him crawl out of here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that anyway. I put my mask on and crawl out so nobody can get near me. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Dr. Mike Fine, who um, now... Uh, are you still involved just with the Central Falls? or the, What are you doing now so um, people know I'm, about I'm writing every morning. Oh. And I'm working with, yes. I'm the chief health strategist for the city of Central Falls. So I'm, I'm working in Central Falls or with Central Falls every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually mostly from home, but, uh, but trying to make sure that this virus doesn't spread in Central Falls. Mm. As best we can. Wow. Well, we definitely definitely have to get, get you back very soon mm-hmm. because the new books come out. Yes. And I want to talk. I want to plug more about the new book Absolutely. because we we uh, we took all of his not well, not all of it, but we took a bunch of his knowledge about COVID, etc. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really plug uh, the stuff that I that he's interested in. Um, what, what, I think what I'm probably uh, supposed to say you can find information about it mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. on. Uh, michaelfinemd.com. There you go. There you go. I've got a website, 
and uh, we send out one free short story a month. Um, and if you go on the website and register, uh, you'll get uh, one free ch- free short story every month, usually at the end of the month. So oh, if you go on right now, um, you'll get a, f- a short story probably on Friday or Saturday of next week. Yeah, but wait, there's more. <laughs> That's my friend, <laughs> the Ginsu guy. The guy, remember the Ginsu knives? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. My friend Ed Valenti uh, was the creator of that ad where he says, but wait, there's more. That was his line. <laughs> so, so wait, there's more uh, with a free story. That's terrific. Um, you know, I, I do you know do you know of my friend John Land? Um, I I've met him, and to my great honor, he was the guy who reviewed Abundance for the Providence Journal. Oh, oh see, Couldn't a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, John uh, wrote um, a feature length edition. Uh, a rendition of my son's play. My son wrote a play called They Walk Among Us. The play is about teenagers who die and come back as angels. Cool. And John took that and made it a feature-length motion picture that they're shopping around. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we met John through odd circumstances mm-hmm. as well. So it's very cool. So, see, he knows John. That's great. That Forget is. about that. Well, and listen, I, I thank you for coming on. This, is, this has been really good. And uh, I, we'll work out for we can all do this again soon. Sounds great. Thank all you. right. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Doctor. Thank Thanks you a very lot. Much. We'll Take talk care. soon. Bye bye. Dr. Michael Fine, who uh, has a lot to offer and a lot to say, and uh, his um, Healthcare Revolt, uh, and, and his new book is coming out. Uh, really terrific. And um, talking about uh, and his alternative fictions. Blog. See? And just so calming, just his wor- her, his voices. Yeah, he's just chilling out and yeah. talking to people, and, yeah. and, and but he's and really listening and smart and mm-hmm. and and has it honed down. Yeah, you know, you get a guest like that; it's very unusual to get somebody that concise. I yeah, you know, like the next one we got. I don't know what the hell's going on. With that guy. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll this see. next guest. I don't uh, know. we have one. one <laughs> we have uh, one hour left on this uh, go round. I hope you'll stay tuned. Jim Jones is going to join us. I have to go get my tie on. And we'll be back. You're listening to Canaan Company, all right? Okay. All right, tell them, but Wear a mask. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Final hour, Canaan Company. You and me on the radio till noontime. Want to say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, healthcare employees, and good old number 41. And Auntie Donna is in attendance. Hello, Miss Sprague. How good, are you? good morning again. Good to see you. For the third time. Everything this morning. good. Everything good. Yeah, everything's and, good. And uh, to uh, my right, your left, as you look at the radio, mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, the amazing James Jones. The totally amazing. That, that, is, that is me. Do you, do you, do you have mm-hmm. a middle name? What's your middle name? Earl. Earl. Oh, yes. how come? You named after somebody? Oh, come. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, my my parents. Well, my mom's French Canadian. Oh, oh yeah. so there so, you go. So my brother's John Paul. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm James Earl. Oh, okay. But, you know, of course, I was born in 76 for the year after, right one year after, or one year before Star Wars and James Earl Jones and <sighs> Darth Vader. So okay. everybody thinks I'm named after, you know, Darth Vader. And it's really, really Do you have a middle name, Donald? Happen to be. Marie. Oh, very mm-hmm. nice. Now, see, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Donna Marie Spaguli. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Jim Jones, of course, is the uh, 
uh, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer here at WACS and WARE Radio. And every once in a while, well, all the time I invite him in, but sometimes he can't make it. and so Sometimes uh, he just can't stand you so soon well, after Well, that's the last all the time, time. <laughs> not sometimes. All the time he can't stand Is the me. front door locked? <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. You never know. You mm. never know. Um, and oh, let me just uh, uh, real quick remind everybody, the uh, toy, dr- uh, toy drive is going on right now. Uh, 30 Manmar Drive, Plainville, uh, Kelly Fox and all the gang from Christmases. Well, not all the gang, but several people from Christmases for Kids is out there. If you would be kind enough to take a few minutes, maybe pick up a, a brand new toy for a child any age and just run it over there. We'll be glad. We'll yeah, right off pickup. 152, easy yep. easy. Yep, the right, Manmar Drive is right between Dunkin' Donuts and Honeydew Donuts. Mm-hmm. Take that left or right, and um, then down on the right, and you'll find... The crew, and they'll be there until noontime. So we hope that you'll be mm. part of that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and today's the last day of the farmer's market. And today is the last day, 1 o'clock till 1 o'clock today, uh, the last day of the farmer's market. And they were talking about how uh, Heather is uh, stepping down. Correct. Do you ten know? years. Ten wow. years is long ten enough. Years. Yeah. Now, wow. Mm. That's amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know, so she's going to take a break for a while completely I'm sure or? I'm sure she'll still be involved somehow that's what I wanted you yeah, know yeah. as far as the organization and and so forth I my understanding is that there's a, a new board and gonna step oh. back to let them uh-huh mm. very good yeah rise good, up good good yeah every time yeah but a lot of people do that with me yes <laughs> <laughs> you said <laughs> Jim Jim saw the the little picket line they had out in front of the station when yeah <laughs> is, isn't Peter awesome? So Peter J. Wiggins. Yes. He's, he's from he Norton. He really is, yep. yeah. Yep. And, you know, for all of his disabilities, he is out in the community every day, Mansfield, Norton, Taunton, Attleboro, yep. North Attleboro. Yep. Yep. And one of the things that he does is he goes to the library every day and he sits with the microfiche mm. and he picks out little excerpts from different years of the the sun chronicle or some other newspapers and the other day he comes across one and it was just the front page and on it is you know the the story about the i don't know the the picket line that they had in front of eight north main street when i when i got fired right Mm -hmm. and it was just the picture with the byline underneath it that says see page three Mm -hmm. for the story and I'm like, hey, Pete, do you do you have page three? Oh yeah, I have page yeah, three. Yeah. Wow. Can you post it? I want to read what it says. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then not only did he post page page three, but he posted page five, which had the continuation of the story. So yeah, it was very yeah, interesting. He's a very able dude. Yeah, he very. he really is, and he's on top of stuff. I've always found him fascinating. He used to call Healy all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I found him fascinating. Mm. And I, I contacted him last week, week before probably. And uh, through Facebook and asked him to come on. Yeah. So now he calls in on Saturday That's morning. excellent. Mm-hmm. And letting me know. But I got to get him to slow down. Yes, he has to slow I down. I got to get him to slow down. His speed. I didn't want to say it today. But yep. I'm going to try to get him to slow down what he has to say because he's so excited about it that he, yeah. he's, you know, not in car. You know, oh, I can so, understand him fine. Well, I know you can, Donna, but you have ears. Mm-hmm. I can hear dog whistles. <laughs> we've already we've already established off air that I have 
no hearing at all. Oh, the really? Fact that, yeah, I sign most of the show. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim was complaining because the headsets were too loud. Right. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the other things I find that's just fascinating about him yeah. is that he watches, as, as we do at the studio, but he's not paid to do it. He watches every commission meeting. Wow. Council, you know, mm. selectman meeting in Norton. And he remembers stuff but, from it. But not only is he watching it, he's taking notes, copious notes about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then he posted online literally like 20 minutes after the meeting's wow. over. Wow. So he's really, yeah, he's really helping people to know it was stuff mm-hmm. that they would never have any idea about. Right. If it were not. Unfortunately, it's only in. Norton and Taunton, or whatever, should be too bad you couldn't have people doing that from all over, right? Oh, all who, over the who, states. Mm-hmm. Who would be the, so dedicated as he is? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. But just that's really something. It's fun. And now mm-hmm. he's going to be calling every morning, every Saturday morning. Nice. Uh, to check in and to tell mm-hmm. us. And we once I get him to slow down a little bit in what's going on, I think it, we're going to start seeing people attending and going to these things and oh, sure. being part of it. Unless he says, don't tell me what to do, like you well, would. Well, no. I only say that when people <laughs> Dave, say, have, slow a, down. have a nice day. No, when people <laughs> say to me, have a nice day, I tell them, don't tell me. Kind of a day to have. I'm fed up. Uh, I just realized I'm almost 30 years older than you are. Okay. Oh, my God. I was telling my wife the other day. And about, I'm at middle uh, age. I'm middle aged now. That's just ridiculous. That's not middle-aged. Yes, it is. Yes, no, it is. Oh, no. Middle-aged. No, middle-aged. No, because no. he'd be dead when he's 80 if he's middle-aged, isn't it? Yeah, that, the average call. lifespan yeah. of of a male in the United States is 83. 79. Okay. Is 83? Yeah, I'll, I'll take 83. So, <laughs> so take I'm middle-aged. Yeah, yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, but that's... And you're 30 <laughs> years <laughs> older. I'm older, yeah. I'm not quite 30, I mean. I'll be, I'll be, have, uh, have you had a conversation with our, our sponsor, Duffy Pool? Oh, <laughs> I should, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I should very do good, that. Yeah. Very good. I'm actually going to be cremated. Okay. And I'm going to have They do it, too. They can probably they do, do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I'm having my ashes spread over Dolly Parton's. <laughs> you know, never, oh, never my mind. God. <laughs> um, I had to go somewhere. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, when I first saw you or met you, uh, I used to say, hi, Dave. And I didn't know how you knew who I was because I was mm-hmm. off the air by then. But, and I always in my head had it in my head that you had been a listener to my show when I was here on the air in the 80s, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So, Would have been a young listener. Yeah, and then one day, I forget <laughs> what happened, one day I realized, wait a minute, because I have no concept of mm-hmm. age or time, et cetera. My son David says to me all the time, I'll say, you know, the other day, and he'll say, Dad, that was four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, growing up, my parent, my mom, yeah. had the radio on. So while I wasn't attentively listening no, to you, yeah. we have, I obviously knew who you were. Yeah, okay. Oh, you oh. were a radio oh, personality and so forth. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, Dumas's mother, too. My Dumas' mother used to work, peace work, and said, mm-hmm. Because we had everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, in those days, huh, Donna? Mm-hmm. We had the whole, all of these factories, and they all the women had headsets in those mm-hmm. days in, in a transistor radio right. with mm-hmm. the headsets on. And I heard stories after from from floor managers or, or whatever saying that all of a sudden they'd burst into song, mm-hmm. or they oh. all there'd be dead silence except <laughs> for the machines. Mm-hmm. 
And all of a sudden, everybody would start laughing at once, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> all these, these stories. Dumas said that to me, right. that all of a sudden, they'd all start. We used to sing along all the time. Sure. Can't do it here anymore. <clears throat> but we used to sing along all the time. <laughs> and all the work would be singing, God And they were doing America. much better at work, too. Oh, the they were having a ball. were very happy that yeah. they were listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kept them in their little seats. Yeah. It kept them, you know, their yeah. hands could do their thing, but their head was listening. They were, yeah, and they were thinking. I mean, they were thinking. Yep. They were active. Um, yep. I, I, you knew about the, the, the Jim, the, uh, the stage shows at, at uh, yeah. Ottawa High. Yes, I did, yeah. I mean, completely f- sold out. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely packed. Um, just great, 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 great. Those are the days, huh? Days they of were, God, yeah. as they say. And yeah. then someday we're going to look back on the COVID days, and I wonder what we'll see. Yeah, well, I was thinking about that. I, I was thinking about the stage show thing when we talked about the uh, farmers market because mm-hmm. the farmers market whew, last year was right. It was amazing. It was amazing, and then COVID hit, and yep. it it is what it is now. As hard as they're working, it is what it is, and it made me think about the old days when you go back and you think about, oh wow, this was this and mm-hmm. this was that. And remember when we used to do this. Remember when we used to do that? Um, <laughs> were you impressed with the um, debate at all? Did you see the debate, the presidential? So, I, I watched not the beginning, but the the second half yeah, of yeah. it. Um, obviously, you know, when you know your mic is off, there's no need to inter- interrupt, and you just sit there and make faces the whole yeah, time. They didn't do enough of it, by the way. No, no. They no. had a couple of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, well, it was only muted for for the two minutes for the yeah, opening yeah, yeah, two yeah, minutes, yeah, 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 and the rebuttal. But then it was on, yeah, okay. You know, so they yeah. could argue back and forth, yeah, right? Um, I think it worked out very well. Yeah, I think it kept yeah. you know obviously President Trump on you know his best behavior, but I also think that <laughs> he realized he he really messed up the the first one. And uh, a lot of people took notice, and yeah. so I don't. I don't think it changed any minds. You know, I think yeah. you know there were one or two good jabs by both of them mm. um, in it, but I don't think uh, in the end I don't mm. think it changed anybody's mind, as, no. as, especially no, when you no, no, especially no. when you've already had what is the number now up to fifty five, fifty eight million people have already cast their vote. Oh yeah. So I being one of them. Yeah, you know, me so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he complimented Kristen Walker. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All righty then. You and me on the radio. I just um, I forgot what I was talking about now because the commercial came in. Doesn't really matter. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Hold on. What? what? Moderator what? Welker. You were starting. Oh yeah, I was saying that, that, that he complimented her, and then somebody had said that he had been, been jumping ugly with her during the week. Oh, right. totally. But I didn't see all anything. the time. He hates her. What, what did she say? I mean, what did he say about her? What was he? Say? No, it's normal stuff that president says, you know, she's well, biased. She's, and she used to ask real oh, questions horrible. and had real knowledge about when he opened his yeah, mouth. She yeah. was going to know that it was a lie. Yeah. Well, she was, uh, she worked at Channel 6. Right. Right. Did you know that? She was a, a anchor, not an anchor. She was, was a, a reporter at Channel 6. He was calling her Kirsten, too, which was kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because well, that's I'm not, not her name. <laughs> Yeah. But it is the name of one of the people who he had trouble with. He said, this, this woman will come to your office, and she'll do anything 
to get oh, ahead. Yeah. Do you remember that? That was Kirsten, Kirsten, whoever. Yeah, I, oh yeah. my God. Kirsten did a well, good job. Well, you couldn't job. get me your name down? Come on, get me your name. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, can I tell me that and then you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, one of the things, and I know I asked you for a tutorial on uh, the uh, Electoral College, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I can't remember if you were in favor of it. You are, right? 100%. Okay. Because I think there's whiffs beginning to come that they're going to get rid of it. It'll never happen. It, it's, like, uh, it's like the Equal Rights Amendment, right? They need to... Correct. Have you, you need two-thirds of the states to ratify it, and yeah. as, soon as, as soon as you pass it, 32 states become disenfranchised, so you're never going to get the Electoral College to pass a constitutional convention. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen. Mm-hmm. That so makes sense, it doesn't make yeah. sense to even ar- you know argue about it. You you can say it's the it's the silliest thing, or you can say it's the greatest thing, but you're wasting your breath because it's not going to change. Hmm. Because again, 32 states get dis- disenfranchised as soon as you go, as you say, one. Well, one how person, do they get vote. disenfranchised? Because I'm not sure, because um, now you have California, you have Florida, you have the large population centers right. that now become. The, the largest voters. The big group. voters. Correct. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, th- those states, their votes really don't matter. It's, it's sort of like living in Massachusetts right now. They're, well, that's they, to presume they, that they all vote the same way. Well, their populations themselves don't, don't equal, you know, 32 states, the population uh, equals okay. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you disenfranchise them immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're never going to get the, the mm. states to pass it. What you do get and what you're seeing now, and people get confused over it, is um, when you're talking about the electors and how they vote, um, the thing that was passed recently and ratified by the, by the, um, uh, the Supreme Court wasn't to abolish the... No, but the, to make them vote the way they... Make them supposed vote, to vote. ...the way that their state voted. Oh. Right, mm-hmm. right. Right. You mm-hmm. know, that is vital. The vital. Yeah. Absolutely vital. When you, when you have states like Alaska who don't have a lot of, of electors, and let's say they have three or four, mm-hmm. and Alaska votes uh, Democrat, but the electors say, you know what? I don't really care how the the people voted. Three of them are going to defect and vote Republican, and therefore Alaska flips. That's a huge, very big deal. Big deal, and almost happened in 2016 on a number of occasions. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, solidifying that that says how your state voted. In so a that plurality. we can be all right. So that I can be reassured of. Correct. Right. Because the, that would be okay. The will me. of the voters in that state yeah. are recognized. Yeah. Yeah. So. Back in sixteen, wasn't there PSAs going over the radio saying, "You are now remember, you don't have to vote." Correct. For the yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm. It was crazy. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think Trump's going to pull it out? Absolutely not. You don't think so? No. I don't no. think so either. Uh, no. Didn't we have a conversation where you weren't sure? No, I no. no? I'm no. Not that you did not no, not that you'd be in favor of that. I'm just saying I mean either way, but I'm saying I thought you and I had a conversation where when I walked away I thought that you were saying maybe maybe I'm confusing with the electoral college. No. Uh, I mean, if you had asked me six months ago whether I thought he had a shot, yeah. 
I said, she absolutely has a shot. That's what it was. Because, oh, yeah, because it was the other day, six months ago. Yeah. Now? Now? Yeah. No, no, no. No chance. You really no believe chance. that? I think, I think he pulls in maybe, maybe 135 electoral votes. And That's why, it. Why do you think that? Because you have states like, like Texas that are dead heat. These are Republican strongholds that are, said, that are saying enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. But but that dead heat is still half of the people in Texas. Mm-hmm. So the the pendulum could go. You're, true. True. Way, right. But these these Republican strongholds are now either a dead heat, leaning Republican, where they used to be strong Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I and he definitely doesn't pick up Wisconsin and Michigan. This oh, that's, year. that's but a bill right and, there. And he's probably not going to pick up Florida. <laughs> so you you take those three, he's done. I don't I don't see him getting more than 135 electoral votes. Wow. Now here's a question. Now, okay, so he loses the election. Mm-hmm. Comes January 20th. Mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be a different setup because of the COVID and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Do you see him showing up? for the inauguration, <laughs> swearing in, or is he going to be leaving the country to protect his dumb bathing side? Yeah. No, he can't be there, right? Oh, he can be there. He can be attended. He I, can no, attend it. I thought at noontime. No, on, no, I know, but they do it before noon. They, they do it at noontime, but I mean, the president, the former president is on the dais mm-hmm. sit, sitting there as the new one is sworn in. And okay. my question is, is he going to show up no, to that swearing No, no, he doesn't show up, no. You know, or is he really, you know, he said, he always tells you the truth. He always tells you what to. he's going to do, yeah. He says he's yeah. going to leave the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. may really leave the country. Yeah. And, you know, it's possible. He might try anyway. Well, he can. I mean, it's still a free Not country. Not if there's a bunch of people with. Uh, oh, no, they can't. No, no, they got to they gotta stop him from leaving the country. They can't stop him from leaving the country. You don't think so? To. No, they can't. He can't. If he's not, even if he's indicted, he's got to be indicted and charged. You know, he's got to be a charge, and the judge has to say, don't give me a passport, or you're not allowed to go. But before that happens, he can get on a plane like Nixon did. Mm. So what country would it, would ever keep him? Oh, he's got Russia. He does this. Russia? Russia. Russia can't use him anymore. He's not Putin's toy anymore if he doesn't win the election. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think, Jim? Where do you think he could go? Um, he could probably go to Russia. He could probably yeah, go he, to uh, North Korea. He could go to <laughs> a number of places. Oh, but would they have anything to do with him? He's a failed tyrant. Oh, no, no. This, no, 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 no. No, 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 because, no, because they got just having... doesn't mean there, he has any power there. No, he but just, they just... Use them as a as, as it's like having your your Emmy up on the, up on the shelf, uh, you know, okay, something you yeah. can use. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Can I help you? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was looking up some presidential history. That's all. Like, like, like the presidents who attended and didn't attend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I didn't get that far because you. Lincoln didn't attend. I know the. No, the I don't think guy. so. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. JFK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh <go>. man. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> we do what we can. Uh, <laughs> um, can you see? Do you have? I mean, I'm wondering if the world, though I keep saying the world, our country, the world I'm in, is going to be able to come back from this four years of 
horror. We we have before, so yeah. You yeah. Know, why why would we think we wouldn't? Because yeah, this has well, been so horrible. Well, because it's been so differently horrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, we had common enemies. We've gone through the depression uh, and World War Two. You, know, you had common enemies. Yeah. And, uh, in this, this is the first time in all of the years that I voted. It's the first time I've ever felt the gut reaction or feeling of my vote. Okay? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I think I was telling you that uh, Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon got reelected by the greatest majority I think of mm. any president ever because he promised to get us out of Nam, get us out of Nam. Mm-hmm. And then. Eight months later, Watergate, and he was out of there. And nobody, nobody, I think it was eight months, nobody. I thought it was three years, no? Oh, I didn't think it was that long. Okay. I, I didn't All think right. it was that long. I don't, no, no, not three years. No, no, no. You, maybe a year and a half, I don't know. Forty brought in, anyway. But my my thing, after that, nobody admitted ever voting for Richard Nixon. Right, right. Biggest, biggest one you can imagine, and nobody uh, uh, admitted voting. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, but because of the the emotional feeling of all of this. Good morning. You're on the radio. Good morning, Dave. I hope you don't mind me calling back. No, oh. the new guest be my guest. <laughs> okay, uh, Jim. Yes. Did you say you felt as though Trump is going to win? Oh no, no. No, he's only going to, in my opinion, he's only going to get about 135 electoral votes, and you only, you need 270. I think Joe Biden is going to come very close to getting, you know, 400 to 420 of the electoral wow. votes. That'll be wow. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can stay home, Sandy. You don't have to go vote. You're all set. <laughs> I've already <I'm> voted. <laughs> and good it for wasn't you. either one either. Good for you, Sandy. Um, oh, who did you vote for? I wrote in a name. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, my, wow. My own private. Uh-huh. So, uh, um, you know, I have a right to do that. Yeah, yeah we so all would. I, why anybody would, though, I don't understand. But well, if you don't I'm like, glad you voted. Like, it's the same reason why I voted um, Jill Stein last, last time. I didn't see a good, good option. So. Wow. Uh, what, what I want to know is, is this two candidates the best this country can do? No, absolutely. I I don't think so. I th- I think, but that's we've never had. We've never had the best the country if I can was do. Fifty years younger. Yeah. I'd go out there and do it. I've run a home. I buried a husband. I buried a mother and a father. I can manage on my own. I don't want any help. I don't want any direction from anybody. If this is the best we can do, we're in trouble. I'm okay, you hear, you hear the resounding agreement. Yeah. That. I mean, <laughs> right. what's, what, 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 listen, these are the two people that got the votes to run, mm-hmm. th- that are qualified to be there. Well, and, and I mean, uh, well, I'm, I'm talking about qualifications based on okay. you can ride the ride if you're this tall, yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. you know. And, and <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you, they went through how many they have? 20 originally Democratic right. nominees? I know. Right. And, that's the best we can do until we can have an election that's not about money. Oh. We're never going oh. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, They have to spend millions, 
millions, mm-hmm. probably zillions, mm-hmm. whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, to run, to yeah. to just to run. And this is the people that we got, and they have to um, have fundraisers and all that other garbage. If this is the best we can do, our country's in trouble now, and we're in trouble. Well, who would with you who would you like to? Who would you like to see yeah. running? Mm-hmm. Who who do you think would have been better than oh, either of these? Oh, there were so many of them. Now oh, I give me forgotten. one. Give me one. There were so many of them that I've sort of forgotten a lot of them, but there were a couple of younger gentlemen that ran. Um, Buttigieg was that. Yeah. Am I pronouncing Buttigieg? that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buttigieg. Yeah. How about Kasich? Kasich? Um, well, yeah, but I would pick somebody else before him. A Democrat? Uh, hmm? A Democrat, you mean? I don't care what they are. Democrat, Republican. It doesn't matter to me. See, I don't I do not do Democrat and Republican. I'm unenrolled, and I've been unenrolled for yeah, 40 too. years. And yeah. I try to pick the best for the country, and I, this is blowing my mind. Um, and I see very little television, so I didn't see any of the, any of the debates. Oh. Uh, then how do you them. know they're not best? How do you know that Biden doesn't have exactly what we need right now, considering what we've been through for the last four years? He can't string two paragraphs together without rubbing his head and forgetting where he's at. Well, that's no, not, not true. true. That's just not true. That's no, just I not true. It's I, just not I true. Think it is. Well, I know you think it is, but it's not true. Well, that's your opinion, Dave, and you're entitled. No, to that. because and I watched the debate. Entitled to my opinion. But I watched the debate, and he strung many words together really for well. for an entire hour and a half, mm-hmm. and did terrific. So he can do it. He's proven it. You weren't watching. You didn't see him. I'll tell you no, what my I, issue is with with Biden, and and you know, it was spoken about the other night. You've been in, you've been in government for 47 years you were the vice president for eight yeah Mm -hmm. and you're still running on things that you know things that i want to do you you had eight years to do whatever you wanted to do no that's not true that's absolutely first of all it's not true because he was the vice president and that's like being lieutenant governor of rhode island it's worthless yeah secondly you oversee that you oversee the senate when they need you and you go to funerals that's it this guy was one of the most active vice presidents and useful vice presidents mm-hmm. and obama himself has said he made him a better president because of his insight yeah. and his 48 years so he did do plenty not out in front people didn't see it but he accomplished plenty and he has character he has straightforwardness he has honesty and he gives a good diddly if i get up tomorrow morning or i don't that's what is different between well, it. I do credit him for having a... He says he's got a plan for health care, which is probably one of the most important issues in this country right now. There are many others, but health care... I mean, there are people without health care. And with the problems that we have going on right now with the COVID, and if you don't have health care, you pay as much as $500 for a couple of tests. Hmm. And I know that to be an absolute fact, Dave. So, you know, and I can give you the name of who told me that. Um, But it is very expensive to get a test 
by anybody that's not covered by some kind of an insurance, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. So insurance and health care are really important. So there you have a guy now who, who's, who's concentrated on that. Uh, you don't have somebody like uh, Trump who is, wants to get rid of your pre-existing conditions, mm. right? So that makes him a better candidate. But this thing about uh, this bad press that he came out about, he hasn't done anything in 47 years. He also had a Republican uh, Senate that he had to deal and with. And he's also been on the wrong side of history more than oh, he has. Oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. I have two. I got news for you. I have two in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, people learn. I, I'm not voting for him to be reelected from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm voting for mm-hmm. him to be elected now. Mm-hmm. And the new person, the new uh, vision, the new experience, the additional experience is what I'm voting for. Not what he. I want to know that he fell down the stairs because he forgot to turn the freaking light on when he was going to the cellar, so that the next time he runs, he says, I better put the light on, okay? That's what I'm go- looking for in a president, to me. That makes me laugh. I like that. You're, you're right about that, Dave. Um, I, I, there are things about him I, I want to know. This is 2021. Well, we're almost in 2021. And this is a whole different world than when he left being vice president. Very this true. is a whole different world. Very true. It's a whole different country, but it's a whole different world. And we need somebody that's going to be honest and truthful. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm not enthralled with either one, and that's why All right, I well, that's it. I, I decided that's but, it. I'm voting for whoever you wrote in. Who'd you write in? I'm not going to tell you who I okay. vote in. That's my private vote. <laughs> All I right. didn't even tell my husband who I was voting I don't blame for. You. All, All right. those years ago. Yeah. And that and that brings up the subject of many. Somebody said on the campaign trail back in the late summer, well, wives are being told by their husbands who to vote for. What? Who the hell said that? Who does my that these days? who I had been married to for 53 years, we never talked about it. We used to go and vote, and that was it. The only time we were in agreement was when I was working, politically working for somebody that was running for mayor, and my husband was also with me on that. Uh-huh. And and we obviously <laughs> voted for the person. We were. It wasn't working. It was volunteering. Well, Amy Coney Bennett, she's the one that's oh. listening to her husband. Oh. She's a part of that cult. A cult. And he's demanding what you, because in the Bible it says the man is the head of the house. That's yeah. it. Yeah, not always, Dave. Not always. Oh, yeah, not no, no, scripture. You know. It even goes back before you were born, scripture. So, see, that not was always. it. Um, All right, no, I got to hold you. I got to hold you there. Okay. But yeah. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to call back. No, no, it's fine. Thanks a lot. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Right. It's your own show. Okay, so, <laughs> so you know. You know, while you're going on your your thing, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. stop you. But no, he won't. You know, when you right <laughs> now, he, you, you now control he, the buttons. Now there. he's going to stop you. No, <laughs> but when you sit th- and listen, I'm probably going to vote for Biden. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah definitely I'm not. not I'm not on Trump. the committee. It's okay. okay. So, but when you say he's a man of character. No, no. You know, no, that, I understand might, that might be true, but compared you know, ask, ask to his Anita com- Hill. Compared ask, to the, com- ask, ask, oh, ask the victims no of the crime there's bill no that That's he what I'm saying. Well, you're going you know. back to the stairs with the light. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are absolutely times mm-hmm. when people, 
you know, I mean, he's married to Jill. That woman's unbelievable. She probably educated the hell out of that mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There's no doubt. You can go back to anybody's past, anybody's, even yours. Not, I can't not Bernie Sanders. Not Bernie, Bernie Sanders was on the right side of history on almost every <laughs> instance you can point to. I okay, think he has been, yeah. I'm talking about character. I'm talking right. about vision. And I'm saying, you know, we... It's so odd that people are talking about, well, you know, he's 77 years old. I mean, I'm 72, and I'll be January 73. And I can match you, right or wrong, I can match you for life experience that I've conned from a time before you were as dumb as you ever were. I was dumber than that, okay? I was dumber than that to today. And all the things that I've drawn on, and all the things that I know, and all the things that have changed mm-hmm. my heart and who I am. That's what I'm voting for today, or voted for. I understand, listen, you're not going to find anybody perfect as the mm-hmm. world goes, you know? No. I want to get somebody that, that gets it for, for me. That's what I wanted, is somebody that gets it. And I, th- I mentioned Kasich because I was impressed with right. Kasich. Yeah, I would have voted for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and Buttigieg. I, Buttigieg, I think, would have been too young. Yeah, I think it was too young. Yeah, I think because Andrew he's Yang still had in a that, lot of good ideas. Yeah, he's still in that yeah. place, though. Do you know what I mean? Right. He's yeah. still learning. He's still going through. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it in a turmoil when his own type, uh, preference, whatever you want to say, is just beginning to get their feet up. And get you know get up on yeah just beginning to get some Mm. qualities or whatever. So the the one thing I want to disagree with on Sandy, just the one thing I want to disagree is it's not about money. No. If it was if it was about money, the person standing up there would be Mike Bloomberg right now. Yeah. He spent over a close to a billion dollars and got nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got nowhere. What it comes down to is is which one of those candidates will toe the company line best. Hmm. Because it's not necessarily the 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 voters in the primary. It's who who's gonna who aligns themselves best with the with the uh, the establishment of that particular party. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why the, the DNC put Hillary Clinton up instead of Bernie Sanders. Yes. Who, yep. who who's going to be able to raise us the most money mm-hmm. and who is going to co- toe the company line yeah. you know for us. Mm-hmm. And it works both ways. Yeah, you know, both sure. yeah, both yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so the the Democrat party, the Republican party want their power, want their influence and they yeah. don't want an outlier like a Bernie yeah. Sanders yeah. to uh to unravel everything that they've built. Mm. Yeah, sad. Uh, it's, mm. it's absolutely sad, but and this is, yeah. you know, this is why the founding fathers never wanted a two-party system, mm. because you end up with like situations this. like this. Yeah, um, you could go the opposite way though with like Parliament, where you have eight or nine you know, <laughs> different different parties, and they're yeah. all arguing with each other. And no vote ever comes out. Well, that's what happened. That's like what happened. This guy, Auchincloss, is supposed to be coming on the air. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, next week, we'll see if he shows up. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed with what I've gotten. But anyway, but he was running, and there were like four women that were going to run. And instead of them all deciding, wait a minute, right. let's one of us run, and all of us support that one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and there uh, would have been a woman in that running. Right, now. there were seven and of them running. Was it seven? Okay, yeah. I knew it, whatever the number Four of the women, three, well, three men. Buddy Cianci mm-hmm. and Providence never, never 
nope. had a majority vote of anything. He ha- he always ran and made sure there was a third party candidate, mm-hmm. and he'd go in and just take thirty percent or whatever he could get, mm-hmm. and that's what what made him what made him uh, you know. Uh, the mayor all the time and going back. The mayor forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, this is this is one of the problems uh, with two-party system is that the third party really throws a spanner into that thing. Right. Well, I'm a di- who, who's really an independent here? All three of us? Well, I, I, well I've been, quote, a Democrat all my life, but I mean, I vote independently in the sense that oh. I, I have voted... I have never voted for anybody because they were a Democrat. I voted for them because when I looked at it and I yeah. liked them best. Yeah. I voted for Republicans. I voted for Independents. I vote, you know, um, uh, Healy, the guy Healy that was the lieutenant, you know, yeah, yeah. ran for lieutenant governor, and his promise was, okay. a, right. "I'm going to get Healy. rid of Bob, Bob Healy. Healy. Thank yeah. you. Rest his past. Yeah. Rest his soul." Bob Healy, and and he was going to get rid of the office. That was his. He was running on the fact that to if you elect it. me, yeah. I'm going to get rid of yeah. this office. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, so I I voted. He was Cool Moose Party. Cool Moose. Right. Cool Moose. Yeah. So I mean, I voted for all kinds of different mm-hmm. people. You know. So I would consider myself independent, even though I think I'm still registered as a Democrat. See, I'm I'm a registered independent. Yeah. And I think that if independents became a third party. It would be stupid. It seems like the minute you're in a party, you, you become, I, I don't know. Well, it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to vote. You know. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, and it hurts. I'm not hurts. good at it that, hurts. those Well, things. it hurts yeah. you. Like I said, someone like Santi can take advantage of it and go mm-hmm. right up the right. middle, and, you know. And, and if, if in 1992, yeah, 92, Ross Perot didn't oh. run, oh. you would have never have known the name Bill Clinton. That's exactly right. Oh, that's true. You would have true. never have known. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. He'd yeah. have never had a shot. He no. went up mm. right up the middle. Mm. And uh, how the hell did Obama get that? <laughs> People didn't notice he was black. Something well, happened, right? People well, noticed that he was a brain. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was able to energize the youth vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really what it came down to, mm-hmm. is if you can get the youth to come out and vote, Yeah. And feel heard and feel wanted like as yeah, part man. of the process. Yeah, because people mm. they, they didn't understand any of it and didn't understand well, what's it got to do with me was right. the, the thought process. Now he's trying to go get black male voters. He's trying mm. to get black male voters to be involved. And I liked what he said. He said, "If you don't vote, you're not going to get a seat at the table. Yeah, you're which not is going to true. be considered. Yeah. You're not going to be." Mm-hmm. And uh, right. and I think he's doing powerful work. I'm hoping. I mean, I don't know how much more. Biden needs because I mean, Obama, he's not, it's not his coattails. It's, it's, no, it, it, no. you know, no, but it's the echo. Mm-hmm. It's the echo of his, his right. presidency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen this campaign without COVID. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, w- would, would, would he have been I more outgoing? You know, because right yeah. now, Joe Biden. But the reason I think the reason COVID it was <laughs> in God's way. No, <laughs> no, no, you know. I've, I've yeah, thought that because, many no, times. Yeah, I know, but that that's <laughs> wrong. But I mean, but I mean, <laughs> people like you said, enough is enough. You said about the in, in Texas, enough is enough. Right. When you kill my grandmother, enough is enough. When you have allowed my 
grandmother, my children to be endangered, mm-hmm. my grandchildren, because you didn't tell anybody anything, but you told Bob Woodward that you knew mm-hmm. the whole time mm-hmm. and didn't do crap to do it. Mm-hmm. That's enough. That's enough, I think. I mean, I, I wonder you, what would be. Well, I wonder what it would be like if, they, like you said, Without COVID weren't there, what we would yeah. be looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because his economy would be stronger, probably. Yeah. Because I mean, if, you, if you look at the Bob Woodward timeline, you know, yeah. Trump was told, the first time that Trump was told was January 28th. Yep. Which is, by the way, Nikki's birthday. That's my, my mother's <laughs> birthday. Oh. So they find out on mm-hmm. January 28th, and 44. 42, 43 days later, the, the government is shut down. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And? And I'm, I'm just throwing out the timeline. Right. And a lot of people think that it was like three months. No, it was 40 Well, 40 the government days. shut down, but then what? Then what? That wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. PPE, the, the, you know, the Service Act, where you change over and you start changing factories over to mm-hmm. doing a different mm-hmm. job, didn't do it. Yeah. Well, they started, but... Do you know how long it takes to retool a factory? No, I'm talking about the order. Oh, the order the order wasn't okay. soon enough. The order was I mean, Honey, Honeywell is still retooling right now <laughs> to build ventilators. I understand. Wow. Well, I understand. And when, well they should because it's yeah. coming again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, I'm, and you're right. But, I mean, I'm just saying this guy did not act properly. And he, just by saying... I knew it was a danger, and I didn't say anything. Sure. I had a fight with my friend Larry mm-hmm. on the air, and I said, well, he didn't want to panic anybody. Mm-hmm. I said, let me understand this. <laughs> the dining room is on fire. <laughs> so you say to your wife, I don't want to upset her breakfast. She's having her breakfast. I don't want to upset her. The Titanic I, is I'll, sinking. I'll tell her We're just going to continue to sit here keep and playing. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll arrange a deck chairs. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that that truck is about to run over your I'm gonna, you, you know, don't want to make you nervous. Right? I don't want to get you nervous because, yeah. you know, you turn around and see Matt coming mm-hmm. at you, <laughs> you know, it might upset you. Right. That's just the idiocy of Trump. Right. That, yeah. Well, well I, yeah, but you know, I, I, I look at, no, no, no. I look at this more of the self-centeredness of yeah. Trump. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he's a dumb guy. I think he's oh, no, just no. completely self-centered. Mm-hmm, because when, sure. when you read that excerpt from the Bob Woodward book, it isn't a matter of, he doesn't know what the severity is. His thing is, how do I mitigate the impact on my reelection? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. My reelection Absolutely. and the economy. Yep. 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 But that in itself is stupid because mm-hmm. this is about lives. It isn't just about his ego, it's about lives. But it's all about. In in his mind, it's all all about the election. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely, and that's the stupidity of it. Right. I mean that you know the myopic thing. Jim's putting his hands up like blind is on on a Mm -hmm. horse. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean (laughs) when you when you when you see the myopic approach. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to keep it on the in the alley, right? Mm -hmm. That is the key, and I think that's why your uh, electoral college prediction is going to be every bit. As accurate. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love it, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, mm-hmm. I would love it. I mean, I don't. Well, I, I wish it wouldn't take. Maybe so. Maybe it won't take four days. Uh, I mean, if the the count, if the pre-vote has to wait, but the count from that day or whatever they can count mm-hmm. should show the same shift, shouldn't it? Or no, because no? if you have fifty, so what was it? Um, 
64, 63, 127 million people voted last year. Yeah. Okay. 50, what was, what did I say? 50 Four, million, 50. 50 uh, f- let's say it's 52, 53 yeah, yeah. million votes have already been cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we know that there's going to be more coming in. And when the states yeah. say you have yeah. four days yeah, after yeah. the election to get your ballot yeah. in, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of... But it's like it's like sampling. What I'm saying no, is no, it's no, like yeah, sampling. Right. So that however many of those 50 million do- votes is, right? Mm-hmm. 60, 40, whatever it is, 55, 20, whatever mm-hmm. it is. The votes from that day should, by theory show the same trend. Maybe. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Right? I mean, because they do, when they sample, mm-hmm. they don't sample 50 million people. You know? Right. It's like, it's like in the five people that can't decide. <laughs> I was wondering, how do they take the quiz to begin with? Why right. They, you know. <laughs> so, so that's my, my point on that, is it? Sorry. That's right. No, but that might be true, but because of the 2000 debacle, none of these... None of these networks want to make the call until they know counts from a good yeah, amount yeah, of, yeah. of precincts. The problem is these precincts aren't going to be able to report their numbers until four days after the election. They'll be able to report that day's numbers. No, 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 no. Why? You, you don't, you don't. The vote that Precincts day. do not release partial counts. Oh, oh really? I didn't really? Know that. So you're going Then to, why are we doing it? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but, no, but I'm saying that night, they're saying they're not going to be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and Hi, you're on the radio. Hello? Yes, hello. I'm calling in for a little different perspective than your last caller. Well, go I've ahead. called you all before. I'm considered Agent 5 on Paul Healy's show. Uh-huh. <laughs> My condolences. Go ahead. <laughs> But anyway, I would be holding signs right now for the Biden, uh, you know, everybody, uh, Becca Rausch, the whole uh, progressive side. And I, I appreciate independence. I was a burner. Um, and is, is Biden the best thing on the planet? No. Uh, but they make it incredibly hard to run. Because you have to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And we had a bunch of great people like Cory Booker, but they couldn't oh, afford God, to stay yeah. in the race. Love him. You know, um, so you didn't, you know, I was excited to have someone young maybe on the ticket, mm. but they all had to drop out because, you know, Mike Bloomberg wouldn't get behind them. He had to run himself. Why mm. didn't he pay for, you know, some of these young folks to stay in the race? Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm not as, um, it's, it's easy to get very discouraged through all this. And normally I'd be out there holding signs, but I have to go to urgent care because I'm coming down with symptoms and I'm feeling pretty badly. Mm. But it made, made, you know, it was really important for me to call you guys because... Would you cover the mouthpiece on your phone, please? (laughs) What? Cover the mouthpiece on your phone, please. Oh, you're funny. No, thank you. Yeah, I made the mistake to go have ice cream, and I went inside instead of outside. So maybe I infected myself. But I have other things. I I have other things, like blood thinner I'm on. They said, no, you got to go. Well, I, I'm, right okay, so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we're running out of time here. Um, no, I know. I want, I want you to, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but by, but by Bloomberg putting up money for these other candidates, it does what we were just talking about. It like waters down the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. 
And and having a lot of these candidates who get some votes, some votes, some votes, you find yourself uh, with the main candidate, a really good candidate, one that could really do something, getting damaged by that. Mm -hmm. Like the third party candidates. Yes, but if if it truly is a money deal, and the only way you're going to get there is to have, you know, why not pick someone? And, And I think Biden... He's a good guy, and but he. How old is he? I'm sorry, uh, I'm older, but yeah. Um, so maybe it speaks to it, and he's against a bully, and he has a stutter. So the bully knows how to get him to mm-hmm. get him off his game. Well, one okay. of the other things about this too is that uh, Biden's vice presidential candidate, because of his age, people were thinking about: Am I voting for this guy because I'm going to end up putting a black woman as president if he buys the farm? Mm-hmm. I'm, and all, that, I'm, fine. That's, I'm voting more for her than him. Well, I know too. that's my yes. point. That's exactly <laughs> my point. I think that's exactly uh, where everybody went and said, not only that, I'm going to get her instead of the, uh, which is being the pants, whatever. No, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, frozen face Mike. Okay, I got to yeah. go. Thanks a lot. I appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you for the call. I'm right up against uh, Tatas. Thank you for coming in. Let's do it again, please. All okay. right. Because, you know, I like having you in here. Well, I do, too. Yeah, yeah, he's smart. Yeah. I hate it when people are smart. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to show people I'm so smart, and they don't listen. Uh, we'll uh-huh. do it again very soon. Is that you, Donald? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to thank everybody for uh, doing this today. I want to thank Todd Kobus, the <coughs> Honorable Counselor Todd Kobus, for coming in. Uh, Dr. Mike Fine, we have a new friend for the show. I think oh, we'll, yeah. we're going to be hearing a lot from him. I Dr. Hope so. uh, Dr. MichaelFine.com, check him out. Uh, and uh, of course, Jim Jones is here. And if, mm-hmm. if he's not here, I'm going because as soon as he goes, the new guy's going to toss my butt the oh, hell out of this in building in, in a second. A second. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it all again. Don't forget, you still get to the farmer's market. Till 1 o'clock today, final day of the farmer's market, and we want to thank them. And thanks for all you did for Christmases for kids as well. Uh, I know you always come through for us, and I really appreciate it. Next week, we got a couple of surprises for you, but I won't tell you what they are. Gotta be a little, you have to, have to wait until <laughs> I find out. <laughs> yeah, until you find out who they are. Yeah, I've been there, I've done that. All right, let me remind you one last time. And in the end, boys and girls... The love that you take from this world is equal to the love you make in the world. Thanks very much for being with me. See you again. Uh, oh, maybe a minute. Would you say uh, <clears throat> say goodbye, Auntie Donna? Goodbye, Auntie Donna. Oh, not bad. Oh, not, 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 <laughs> not quite as bad as before. Stay tuned for four deep sports, whether you like it or not. Okay? All righty.